is the December 13th regular meeting of the Sausalito Planning Commission. I call that to order. Uh, Director Phipps, if you can do the introduction and call the room. Yeah, thank you, Chair, and good evening to you, Planning Commissioners, staff, and members of the public. This evening's meeting is being held at City of Sausalito Council Chambers at 420 Litho Street and is open to members of the public. Members of the public may also access this meeting and provide public comment through Zoom. With that, I will move to call roll. Commissioner Saad. Here. Commissioner Graff. Here. Commissioner Feller. Here. Vice Chair Junius. Present. Chair Luxembourg. Here. We have achieved quorum. Back to you, Chair. Thank you very much, uh, Director Phipps. Uh, next item is approval of the agenda. Uh, I'll look for a motion. So moved. Second. Uh, Director Phipps, uh, can you please call roll? Yep. Thank you, Chair. Commissioner Saad. Yes. Commissioner Graff. Yeah. Commissioner Feller. Yes. Vice Chair Junius. Yes. Chair Luxembourg. Yes. Motion passes. Next item is public comments on items not on the agenda. Director Phipps, if you can give instructions, please. Yep, happy to. This is the time for the Planning Commission to hear from citizens on items uh, that are not on the agenda, except in very limited situations. State law precludes the Planning Commission from taking action on or engaging in discussions concerning items of business that are not on the agenda. However, the Planning Commission may refer matters not on the agenda to staff or direct the subject be agendized at a future meeting. Video or audio public comment participation is limited to three minutes per speaker. If you'd like to make a comment, please submit a speaker card to me and or my colleagues to my right, Matthew Mandich and Maria Hernandez. If you'd like to make a comment in the Zoom application, please raise your hand and you will be called upon when it is your time to speak. To raise your hand from a phone, press star nine. Each speaker will be notified when their time has elapsed. Thank you, Chair. I do not see anybody on Zoom. Do we have anybody in the audience that submitted a card for this part of the agenda? Looking for raised hands, seeing none. Looking for raised hands in the Zoom application, seeing none. Close uh, the, uh, item three. Going on to item four, Planning Commission uh, minutes for November 15th, uh, 2023. I look for a motion. Approve. Uh, motion Approved. to approve. Is there a second? Second. Okay, uh, any comments or changes, corrections? Uh, Director Phipps, please call roll. Commissioner Saad? Yes. Commissioner Graff? Yes. Commissioner Feller? Yes. <clears throat> Vice Chair Junius? Yes. Chair Luxembourg? Yes. Motion passes. Uh, next item is item five, communications. Uh, Director Phipps, is there any update to today from uh, CDB? There is, thank you. One communication item this evening, as I believe commissioners are aware, the position of assistant planner became unfilled as a result of Matthew Mandich's recent promotion to associate planner. Congratulations to Mr. Mandich. He will be presenting later on this evening. In order to fill that open position, staff have been working in collaboration with HR to solicit interest in the role of assistant planner. With that in mind, I am pleased to report that CDD is conducting our second round of interviews for the position this week and will be issuing an offer to our preferred candidate, hoping sometime next week prior to the holiday break. So with that in mind, if all goes well, uh, we hope to have a new assistant planner in office in the early first quarter of 2024, and I look forward to uh, introducing them to you and for you to meet them. That does it for updates on my end, and back to you, Chair. Uh, thank you very much, and congratulations to Mr. Mandich. And uh, I, uh, I hope you are able to uh, finalize the assistant planner, uh, uh, Commissioner Graff. Uh, thank you, <clears throat> Chair Luxembourg. Um, 
I just want to note that uh, this is uh, technically my last meeting of my uh, second round of uh, uh, second term on the planning commission. And uh, I was asked by the city if I would be willing to uh, continue to serve uh, until a replacement has been appointed. And to my knowledge, one has not, unless I have not heard. So um, I'm assuming that if, that if there's nobody in line to step up, then I'll continue until there is. Okay, I I had thought your uh, term went through the January thirty first, but uh, I guess I'll... I I was under the same in, impression. Oh, chair. Really? Yes. So that I staff shares that position. January. We have at least two more meetings in January, at least. We no might have kidding. More. Well, how did I? Uh... Excellent, excellent news. Excellent news. Excellent news. Yeah. Okay. Yes. But but glad you're willing That's... to stay on. Uh, yeah, yeah. You're willing to stay on. Maybe, maybe you, you're uh, still on. Maybe by the end of January. Uh, we'll have a new commissioner. Thank you. Uh, thank you very much. Uh, with that, are any other commissioners have any items to report out on? I have one item to report out on and ask uh, Vice Chair Junius to pitch in here as needed. We have a, a scheduled objective design and development standard meeting uh, this coming Monday uh, with staff and the consultant. It is, it is not a public hearing, but we are moving that item forward. I'm looking forward to it. Thank you. And that is good news. Uh, with that, we will close. Uh, uh, we will close uh, report outs from the commissioners and open us up for uh, public comment. Is there any public comment on item five? I don't see any raised hands and don't see anything on Zoom. Uh, we'll close item five. Move on to item six. Uh, item six is a business item. This is the calendar for for next year. Uh, which is was in every it was posted on the agenda. Uh, we do need a draft resolution to approve the schedule. Our schedule is our typical schedule, which is the uh, second and fourth Wednesdays of every month, with the exception of August, where we don't have any meetings, and November and December, where we're only scheduling one meeting. Uh, and I'm looking for a motion for that draft resolution that was in the draft. I'd like to um, make a motion here uh, uh, for discussion with um, my colleagues here to approve the January 10th meeting and leave the rest of the calendar because uh, I've not had a chance to look at conflicts. I know I already have one it, later in January for a statutory uh, um, meeting I'm required at. Um, would uh, the rest of my colleagues here be willing to approve the January 10th and, and bring the, ca the rest of the calendar for the entire calendar year back uh, for further discussion on, on that date. I would, I would think it would be better, quite honestly, to approve a calendar and then you can modify it on January 10th. I know that the Community Development Department works very closely with the city clerk's office and this, this calendar is tailored to also what they believe the city council's calendar is. And so it would be helpful to have this on the record. And then if we need to modify, uh, we can change the meetings, but at least we'll have for the public uh, a set of meetings, uh, the, you know, at a minimum, I think we should do six months, but 
I would ideally would just do the whole calendar and then we can modify. Well, I'll make a motion to approve the January 10th date and ask for the rest of the calendar year to be on that agenda. I have not had a time to remove certain conflicts from my calendar and obviously this takes priority, but we all work and so I'd, I'd like that opportunity um, if that's acceptable to the rest of my colleagues. If, if I may, Commissioner. Um, we also have the option to schedule a special meeting on January 10th in lieu of approval of a resolution. And I'll just make the point that we don't have a resolution prepared um, which approves a single meeting on January 10th. Uh, so we may be required to bring this item back at the next meeting, which if we follow the regular meeting schedule would be January 10th. So with that in mind, we, we can always schedule special meetings. Just, just wanna provide that to council. I think I'll second the motion just out of respect for my colleague, but um, I, I, I don't disagree. I, I also haven't had a full um, time to go through the entire year, but I'm definitely com comfortable with January. Um, so if it's not withholding anything from CDD moving forward, I'd be happy to second that motion. Okay, so we have a motion, but we don't have a resolution and we can't have a, a meeting scheduled without a resolution unless we do a special meeting. So do we need to do a Mend this. Can I ask the city attorney who's on Zoom whether we have to uh, amend this to be a special meeting for January 10th? Yes. Hi, Commissioners. Annie Brandon from BBK. What I would suggest is that the motion, uh, if the maker of the motion is open to it, be a motion to schedule a special meeting for January 10th, at which time this item will come back for full adoption. I mean, I'm willing to accept that. I, I don't want to put the rest of my commissioners out, but I, I, there are conflicts on calendars um, and they're not always easy to move without a little bit more time than two working days to do that before, before this hearing. This wasn't published until you know the end of last week, so it's hard to do that. So if, you're, if everyone is okay with that, um, then that way we don't have to you know, approve something and then go back and change everything. So my understanding is the motion is now to do a special meeting, not a regular meeting of the Planning Commission on January 10th. And we will, at that special meeting, have a calendar for the rest of the, ideally the rest of the year. I'd, I'd accept that as for the second. Okay. And uh, uh, I guess take roll call vote, uh, Director Fitz. Yep, thank you, Chair. Commissioner Saad. Yes. Commissioner Graff. Uh, yeah. Commissioner Feller. Yes. Vice Chair Junius. Yes. Chair Luxembourg. Yes. Motion passes. Okay. Uh, next item is a public hearing. Uh, and at, at this time, uh, we'll look for any ex parte communications from commissioners, Commissioner Saad. Nothing to declare other than uh, walking by both properties. Nothing to declare. Nothing to declare. Nothing uh, to declare. Nothing to declare as well. Okay, uh, first item uh, is item 7A, and this is a request to the Planning Commission to approve a tree removal permit to allow the removal of one queen palm tree from the northeastern edge of the property adjacent to the public right-of-way at 25 Alexander Road. Uh, and I understand Mr. Mandage is gonna do uh, the presentation uh, about, uh, about this project.
Thank you for that, Commissioner Saad. Can we all hear me? Yes? Fantastic. Hello, commissioners. Good evening. Um, the permit before you today is a tree removal permit for 25 Alexander Avenue. Next slide, please. Just give you an idea of the location here. It's on Alexander coming into town. If you're heading north, um, nearby the, the waterfront and right before Alexander turns into Second Street, you can see the parcel there outlined in yellow and the house identified there with a red uh, dot on uh, Google Earth. Next slide, please. Um, so this is the site plan that we have. Um, it's a removal of one queen palm tree. It's a heritage tree with a 20 inch um, DBH diameter at breast height. Um, it is located on the northeastern edge of the property adjacent to Alexander Avenue and it is impacting a wooden retaining wall that is adjacent to the avenue and the bike lane. Next slide, please. Uh, these are some images of the tree itself. It's pretty hard to see from the street. You kind of have to go back um, and have a look at it from the opposite side. There's the retaining wall right there that it's impacting in the second image. Um, and then here's another image of the bike lane and also a little biker there, if you can see them there. And the tree is definitely um, leaning to the left side. It's been succumbed by ivy. Um, it's in poor overall health and the arborist has recommended removal um, due to potential hazard to um, passerbys and to the property um, and the retaining wall. Next slide, please. Um, findings um, pursuant to our um, trees and views findings here in 11-12-030. Uh, um, in order to grant removal, we need to make some of the findings here A through D, and we can do two of those right there, which I've highlighted. Um, to ensure public safety as it relates to the health of the tree, potential hazard to life and property as stated by the arborist, proximity to existing proposed structures, in this case existing, and utilities, sewers, in this case the, uh, the road, and also D, to pursue good professional practices of forestry or landscape design as the tree is succumbed with ivy in poor health and has a sizable lean. Next slide, please. Um, there's the issue of replacement, of course, whether or not the tree should be replaced or there should be um, fees taken into the tree fund of, after the tree is taken down. Um, staff recommends that the, there be no replacement of the tree given the steep slope and the location of the site. Also due to the fact that there are two large bay laurel trees that would benefit from the removal of the tree, their canopies would be allowed to expand, um, <clears throat> gives them room to grow, excuse me. Um, and uh, I don't believe it's necessary to uh, impose a fee on the removal of this tree. Next slide, please. So recommendation, staff recommends the, the Planning Commission approve the requested tree removal permit through the adoption of the draft resolution. Um, staff does not recommend replacement or a deposit into the tree fund. And the only significant conditions of approval are that the encroachment permit um, be sought from DPW to do any work in the public right away. Thank you. Uh, thank you, Mr. Mandage. And uh, congratulations on your promotion. And again, an excellent job on the staff report. At this point, we'll have questions from commissioners. Uh, uh, any questions? I, I have a couple questions. Okay, Commissioner Fellow. Um, just yeah. just um, uh, to, um, for the avoidance of any doubt, the retaining wall that you're referring to that is um, compromised. Yes. Is that in the public right of way? It appears to be, yes, partially constructed in the public right of way. Par partially like who owns it in other words what i'm trying to get at just yeah. to cut to the chase is um you know if if this is also uh presenting some kind of safety issue or hazard to mm -hmm. the community this needs to immediately be placed on department of public works priority infrastructure list or capital improvement project list and i'm i'm i know that we're here about a tree yeah but this is part of what what we're talking about so i want to make sure 
um, that we're clear what's happening with that as well. And if any direction is required from this commission or, other, or otherwise, then I wanna make sure that we are not leaving half of the issue outside of what we're talking about this evening. Yes, I understand, absolutely. So we do not have a proper survey of the site on file identifying where the retaining wall lies. It is a bit ambiguous whether or not it's on city property or private property. The tree seems to be pretty firmly on private property, but there is definitely some ambiguities where the bike lane ends. It's, we do have a survey on file from the assessor's record, but it doesn't show the tree or the retaining wall on that survey, unfortunately. Um, so it's a bit of a, a difficult one. And I think that the property owner seems to believe that the retaining wall is on their property. Um, but looking at the survey maps and you know through Marin map and trying to understand where the parcel lines are, with the overlays, which are not perfect, it's, it's very difficult to determine exactly where that retaining wall falls and whose responsibility it would be to fix that wall. I believe, um, based on my communications with the applicant, that they are intending to fix the wall, um, but I have not had confirmation on that. Okay, um, I, I, I guess th that's enough of the question for now. I, I think that needs to be determined. I, I, I you know, the, perhaps we can bifurcate these into two separate things, but I don't want to not respond or address um, the the other half of the public safety issue. Mm -hmm. um, so that that's that's all in terms of questions. So thank you. Okay. Oh, thank you for that. Yeah, and, and if I may, st staff do anticipate further collaboration with DPW to you know get to the bottom of this issue. So um, following decision on this item regarding the removal of the tree there will be further action taken to, to make sure that we arrive at the appropriate conclusion in the next steps. Thank, thank you, Director Phipps. Um, you also mentioned, you know, now that I'm thinking of it, you mentioned that you are recommending no replacement so that two bay trees can thrive. Oh, bay trees are on the undesirable list uh, for, uh, for Southern Marin Fire. Not for the city of Sausalito, though. They are not an undesirable tree for the city of Sausalito. Can we confirm that? Because I we've, we've had that issue in front of us before, and I believe they are. Uh, not for the city of Sausalito. Undesirables are black acacias, Monterey cypress, redwood. We can pull the list up right now. It's uh, in the municipal code if Maria Brandon has access to um, 1112. Uh, there's a list under definitions. I believe it's 1112.020 that you can find that list. Okay. Okay. Thank you. Mm-hmm. Maybe we can get it up. Are we going to bring that up? Are we going to bring the code up? In progress. If okay. commissioners well, how, how would like to continue with questioning, I will chime in. While we're getting that uh, graphic up, uh, other questions from other commissioners. Uh, uh, Schweitzer Jr. Is the owner here as well? Not that I'm aware of. The owner is not here. No. Okay. No. Okay. Well, I have the answer to the question. Um, in the definition section of, I believe, the same chapter that, yep, yeah, 11.12.020, there is a defined undesirable tree term. Undesirable trees are eucalyptus, pineus radiata, cupris macrocarpa, sequoia, acacia, 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 three different types. Uh, bay, bay laurel is not mentioned. Thank you. Thank you for the clarification. I stand corrected. Thank you. Uh, at this point, uh, there are no more questions. Commissioners, we have an uh, opportunity for the applicant. Is the applicant on Zoom or the applicant wasn't intending to be involved as far as you know? 
the applicant was uh, made aware of the meeting by email, and um, I, you know, respectfully requested that they attend, but I do not believe that they are here in the audience, or they may be on Zoom. Okay, uh, we don't, do uh, anybody see them on Zoom? I don't see them on Zoom. Doesn't look, are you seeing any hands? So at, at this point, uh, we will open the public hearing for uh, this portion of the uh, of this item. Okay, uh, oh, and uh, excuse me, Chair, just before, also just to address uh, Commissioner Feller's uh, questions about the retaining wall, I'm happy to add a condition of approval that um, into the resolution prior to, to sign off that we determine, you know, the ownership of the retaining wall and that that gets fixed. And I can come up with some wording for that um, prior just to address that kind of hanging point there. Thank you, sorry to interrupt, Chair. No, not a, not a problem, Mr. Manage. Uh, with that, um, we'll now have the public hearing portion. Uh, Director Phipps could give instructions for the public. Certainly. Uh, public hearing is following the presentation of the uh, application or the item by staff, uh, followed by questions of staff from the commission. Uh, the applicant is not present, so we will skip straight to the public comment portion. Um, and, and then move to commission discussion, deliberation, decision. Okay. Are there any members of the public, uh, there any cards from the public in the audience? Not for this item. I don't see anything on Zoom. Uh, we'll close public hearing portion of this item and bring it back to the dais for looking for a motion. Uh, Vice Chair Jim. Well, before we have a motion, I mean, I, I just want to say I'm always kind of saddened and um, by the fact that an applicant won't even show up or even even phone in on Zoom, that's a little odd because I actually had some questions for the applicant. Um, I'm also a little, you know, concerned that the one photograph we saw and I wasn't able to get up there to see the tree is a quite a, quite a distant photograph. Um, I can't. Re it's hard to know how sick the tree is. Um, uh, you know, being from a, I actually grew up in Las Vegas and I'm actually pretty familiar with palm trees and they're pretty hardy. And they actually can be moved. You know, I'm wondering if, if this owner, I'd love to have asked the question of this owner as he thought about, it, would anybody like take the tree? You can actually remove a palm tree, I think, relatively, relatively. Uh, it, I don't think it's cheap, but you, you don't kill the tree. So I'm just kind of across the board kind of upset that I can't ask, ask some questions of the applicant here um, because it's clearly a big, mature tree. Um, if if it can't be saved, I'd like to know, you know, why beyond what was reported in the, in the report. Um, and I wonder if anybody has ever uh, thought about moving it someplace and giving it to a golf course or something. I'm, I'm kind of, I mean, I'm not trying to be funny here. I think this is just an interesting question and I completely uh, understand Commissioner Feller's concerns about the retaining wall, but the tree itself is what we're here to talk about and I would have loved to ask some questions to the owner. Uh, thank you, Vice Chair Junius. Uh, other comments, uh, Commissioner Feller. Uh, thank you, Vice Chair Junius for mentioning that. I think um, it, it you know, ivy can kill a lot of trees or, or certainly weaken it, but the minute you remove it, they, they do have the ability to pop back. So um, I completely agree with what you're saying in terms of, um, you know, I don't, I, I don't get a sense even looking at the arborist report that this is beyond saving. So uh, I'm not sure that I'm very comfortable with um, approving this tonight until we can actually uh, talk to an arborist or talk to the owner and really get some clarification on this. Um, and, and yes, I agree that we're here to talk about the tree, but since that retaining wall was brought into this conversation, um, you know, this commission should certainly be aware of that and, and either, I, I'm not suggesting we 
combine the issues, but we should at least, you know, direct staff in to, to ensure that we understand what's happening there. So I, I'm very much uh, in agreement with you. So thank you for your comments. Uh, thank you, Commissioner Fowler, Commissioner Saad. I uh, definitely hear what you're both saying, and I, I respect your, your comments. I think based on, um, you know, the retaining wall al alone and finding A for public safety as it relates to the health of the tree, I can make the findings to move forward, so I'd be, I'd be open, although share your disappointment. I had some questions for the, um, for the owner as well. So, um, uh, but based on the Arborist report and, and that particular finding, I'd be comfortable to make a motion to approve um, and, and take, almost take the staff recommendation. I think in lieu, we should have something for the tree fund um, in this case as a compromise potentially, but I, I would be happy to make a motion to, to move forward with this tonight, um, although I do, I do hear both of your opinions. Commissioner Graham. Um, well, I would second that motion <clears throat> um, and might add that uh, I did go by to look at the situation and the tree is pretty scruffy looking. Um, I wouldn't miss it, uh, but I, I think uh, I'm not comfortable with waiving <clears throat> the uh, uh, like the replacement fee, I think I think that's something that we could we could require. <clears throat> Otherwise, um, I, I think well, moving it I think would be that's a big deal, um, and probably costs a lot more than taking it out. So uh, I think there's a problem there with the retaining wall and the whole business. So um, I'm comfortable with the tree going away. Can I clarify, Commissioner Scott, what is the, mo is the motion to require something for the tree fund? Uh, what would be the actual motion that you suggest? So I believe the recommendation from staff is to approve the tree removal, and that includes not contributing to the tree fund. So my motion would be to approve the tree removal, but to have the applicant contribute to the tree fund. Is there a specific, do we have to, I don't know if we have to do fix, that. do we have to have a specific amount in there? Yes. Yes. What, what is the amount that you would like contributed to the tree fund? I, $1,000 if we're going to have an arbitrary. Motion is uh, yes. to require a $1,000 uh, donate, or not donation, but contribution. Uh, contribution to the tree fund, but you're recommending approval and the second of the motion is accepting of that. Okay, and what is there anything in this motion about the wall? No. Outside of the condition that um, it's just a planner that we discussed um, that they will figure out who is responsible or sorry, who is the owner of the of the retaining wall that was mentioned during the presentation. So the, we'll allow CDD to do that separately from this from this motion. Correct. It's not in the motion. Yes. We're going to assume they'll, they'll take care of finding out whether it's on the property. The suggested condition earlier, yes. Um, are there any amendments to this motion? Is there further discussion of this motion? No? Okay. No? okay. Uh, let's take a take a vote here. Uh, Director Phipps. Yep, thank you, Chair. <clears throat> Commissioner Saad. Yes. Commissioner Graff. Yes. Commissioner Feller. No. Vice Chair Junius. No. Chair Luxembourg. Yes. Motion passes.
Uh, next item on the agenda is 230 Santa Rosa Avenue. Uh, this is an administration uh, citation for unauthorized tree alteration. Uh, Paul Van Hook, our uh, code enforcement officer, and Mr. Nandage are going to do a presentation. Uh, the, this is an administration citation hearing. It's, it's a little different than our normal course of events to consider all relevant information pertaining to unauthorized tree alterations on private property located at 230 Santa Rosa Avenue and to impose administrative fine remedial, remedial order or both as deemed necessary. Uh, Mr. Van Hook and Mr. Mandage, thank you. Hello again, commissioners. I'm just gonna get us started here and then I'll have my colleague, Mr. Van Hook, come up and uh, present as well. So uh, yes, as uh, chair stated, this is for an administrative citation ruling to impose a fine remedial order or both for the unauthorized alteration of protected trees on private property. Um, next slide, please. So here's the location of the site. See here on the left, um, that's the parcel from Marin map. You can see that it's sandwiched in between uh, Santa Rosa Avenue and Glen Drive there. Um, and as you can see on the, the image to the right there from Google Earth, you can see the house and the Santa Rosa side is the front of the home and the Glen side, the Glen Drive side is the rear of the home where the pre-existing canopy was there in that image. Uh, next slide, please. Since this is primarily a code enforcement case, I'm going to turn it over to um, my colleague, uh, Mr. Paul Van Hook, and he's gonna give you a little bit of background on how this case came to be. Good evening, commissioners. Uh, my name is Paul Van Hook. I'm the code enforcement officer for the city of Sausalito. Um, just to give you a little bit of background um, on the uh, code enforcement case, on um, October 11th, uh, the city of Sausalito Code Enforcement Division received several complaints from concerned neighbors and residents regarding significant unpermitted tree pruning at 230 Santa Rosa Ave. Um, multiple questions also arose regarding the erosion impact this could have on the lower part of the property over on Glen as well. Um, we have slides to support this. Um, on October 17th, a site inspection was performed um, and from what was visible from the public right-of-way um, at Santa Rosa Ave and Glen Drive, um, this revealed excessive unpermitted tree pruning that was done throughout the property. Um, the entire canopies were removed from an estimated 10 mature heritage bay laurel trees. Um, per the South Salido Municipal Code 11.12.020.J and 11. Uh, 12.020.p.4, a heritage tree means a tree which, the, which has a diameter breast height of 10 inches or more. Pruning is defined as normal seasonal maintenance pruning, trimming, shaping, or thinning of a tree necessary to its health, growth, and view maintenance. Foliage reduction should not exceed one quarter, 25% of the total tree foliage. Um, a permit is required from the city of Sausalito to remove or alter a heritage tree per the Sausalito Municipal Code, section 11.12.030.a. Um, on October 17th, an administrative citation slash notice of public hearing was issued via mail, um, certified mail, and posted on site at 230 Santa Rosa Ave. Um, on October 24th, the property owner came into the CDD counter to inquire about permits for um, an unrelated project. Um, at that time, I advised him of the upcoming hearing for the unpermitted tree work. 
the public hearing on this violation was initially set for November 15th. Um, however, additional time was needed for discovery. Therefore, it was rescheduled for today, uh, December 13, 2023. Um, the aforementioned date is still in compliance with the public hearing, not being earlier than 21 days and not later than 60 days after the date of the citation. Um, we also have quite a bit of pictures uh, to support just our findings um, on the property as well, too. Thank you very much. Um, next slide, please. So um, just a little rundown for the public and for commissioners of kind of what we're talking about here tonight. Um, so the Planning Commission will review all the relevant evidence pertaining to the alleged violation. Um, and they will determine um, if, what, if a violation occurred, uh, the severity of that violation, and they may impose an administrative fine for legal removal or alteration which can be up to $1,000 per tree per the code. Um, they can also uh, impose a remedial order or both a fine and remedial order. Um, the Planning Commission is considered a factor set forth in the code to determine the extent of the fine or remedial order. Some of these factors include the severity of the violation, the value of the trees, the impact on the community, the number of violations, the frequency of violations, the economic impact of a remedial order, and the good faith effort, efforts of the violator. Um, so those are all the kind of different factors that will go into the determination tonight on what um, fine fee remedial order will be imposed, if any. Uh, next slide, please. Um, so as um, Mr. Van Hook already mentioned from our code here, 11.12030A, um, it is unlawful for any person to remove or alter any protected tree as defined herein without a permit issued and posted as provided in this chapter, except for the purpose of routine pruning. And as Mr. Van Hook already went through some of the definitions, I've just uh, got some of them up there again for you. Uh, just straight out of the code language, alteration, significant change or damage to trees. This includes cutting of trunk or branches, changing drainage around a tree, cutting of roots, removal of upper portion of the trunk or main leader. Um, a protected tree is considered a coastal live oak or any heritage tree. And a heritage tree is a tree with a diameter at breast height over 10 inches. This of course excludes the um, uh, undesirable trees that were actually discussed in the previous item. Um, and routine pruning is really just the removal of dead branches. That's how the, the code sees it. There's another um, definition of pruning, which is up to 25% of the foliage that Mr. Van Hook touched on already. But routine pruning is really just removal of, of dead or dying branches. Um, next slide, please. So um, here's uh, just some images showing you. We have some visual, photographic, and documentary evidence to present here that shows at least nine, possibly 10 or more um, bay laurel heritage trees were uh, significantly altered without required permits. And these trees ranged in size from a DVH of 28 to 80 inches. Um, you can see in the photo on the left, um, the canopy that existed prior to the alterations. And on the right, uh, the situation today, this is viewed from Glen Drive looking up at the house on Santa Rosa. Next slide, please. Here are several other images um, taken by Mr. Van Hook and date stamp from October 19th. Uh, depicting the unauthorized alterations that occurred on the property. Just let you gaze through those a bit. As you can see, there's a lot of different branches and leaders coming out of these. Um, many of them share a trunk base. So it could be, you know, it looks like many more than, than even 10 trees in these images. But um, based on the uh, invoice and um, map that we received from Leo's Tree Service, it looks like it's about nine or 10 trees. If we go to the next slide, please. 
you can see that invoice here. And on the right, you can see um, the trees themselves depicted on the hand-drawn site map there. There are nine trees depicted on that map, ranging from DBH 28 to 80 inches. Um, on the left, there is um, a comment on the invoice saying that 10 trees were altered, um, and that's likely uh, counting the tree in the front, which I have on the next slide here. Um, and you can see the before image there from Google Earth and then the after image there of that alteration. So, um, Mr. Van Hook, is there anything you'd like to add on any of the alterations and the images? Okay, so yeah, he was our documentary evidence on that. He went out and took all the photos and issued the citation as discussed. So, um, moving on to the recommendation. Um, staff's recommendation is that the Planning Commission impose an administrative fine of $500 per tree as the trees were altered but not removed. Um, again, the Planning Commission may fine up to $1,000 per tree if they see fit. Staff also recommends that the Planning Commission impose a remedial order that requires the violator to take immediate action to mitigate erosion on site at the violator's expense. Um, I've been in touch with DPW about this issue, um, specifically Kent Basso and Andrew Davidson. Uh, they recommend the, recommend the installation of jute netting or an erosion control blanket and a series of wattles to control the runoff. And we've re received a number of public comments from neighbors, especially on Glen Drive, that are quite concerned about the erosion issue. So again, this is um, these are the recommendations from staff, but ultimately the decision uh, lies with the Planning Commission on what kind of fees or remedial orders they would like to impose. I have drafted a resolution with some, some numbers in there and some... Um, some of the staff recommendations, but the, of course, the Planning Commission at this hearing right now is, is free to change those, and we can alter that alter that resolution as uh, as you all see fit. So, thank you very much. Happy to take any questions you have. Uh, thank you, Mr. Mandage. So, I realize this is an administrative citation hearing, a different, slightly different hearing, but uh, to Vice Chair Junius's comment on the last item on the agenda, do we have somebody from Leo's Tree Service here today, or somebody from the owner here today? We do have the owner, yes. Uh, yes, okay. So uh, at some point it would be good to allow us to have questions, not so much a presentation, but questions from the owners. So Absolutely. If you um, So I, I will hold those questions because they're questions of the owner, questions from staff. Commissioner uh, Grant. <clears throat> yeah, the erosion control uh, suggestion, is that because the canopy isn't preventing uh, moisture from coming down and running off. Is that that is, is that why? That right? is correct. Yes. Okay. Yeah, I thought so. Thank you. Mm -hmm. That's it. Uh, Commissioner Feller. Yeah. Uh, thank you for the presentation, both of you. Thank you, <laughs> um, and for documenting this. Uh, two two questions, really. Um, the first is, uh, do you have an indication that despite the um, extreme cutting of these trees that they will survive? Um, based on letters that we've received from Leo's Tree Service, they do believe that the trees will survive, yes. Okay. And um, the second question I have related to the erosion and erosion control, uh, obviously respect what DPW is recommending. Um, it's part of some of the larger recommendations for temporary erosion control but not more permanent erosion control. So I want to understand from staff what the uh, more permanent erosion control is because jute is a natural product and it does not last, it, it, it will not last long enough for those trees with a tree canopy to grow back. So I'd like to understand that. And then finally, 
are these fines these fines are 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 imposed on the owner but is there some sort of fine on leo's tree service that is part of a course of action because of their professional license and so on um just to answer that last question first because it's the last one i heard um in the code there's nothing on that it falls on the property owner that's how the code reads thank you yeah. for that um, and then as far as more permanent erosion control solutions, I think that's something we'd have to speak with DPW in more detail. That's not my area of expertise. I did speak to them and the, you know, the mitigation measures they, that were given to me were the erosion control blanket, jute netting, and the, a series of wattles. Okay. Um, which are like little fences with, um, you know, um, absorption, bags of hay and things like that that then absorb the water and then redirect it around the site. Right. Yeah. We've had other erosion control like that around Sausalito, and it's absolutely temporary. I mean, of course, you know, um, I'd like to understand from staff if there's a further recommendation for, you know, an ongoing um, uh, inspection of that or reinstallation of that um, for as long as it takes until that tree canopy grows back, if that's something you've looked at. Um, as far as long-term solutions, no, just the conversations I've had with DPW about the you know, the more temporary mitigation efforts that we've discussed already. Okay. Thank you. Thank you very much. Yeah. Um, we'll, we'll have you, we're going to allow you, we're going to have you answer some questions in, in a minute, but let me get questions of. Uh, we, we can't hear you. Uh, you have to come to the podium. You have to come to the podium because this is live on TV. So if you, if, uh, if you have a point of information that would be useful in our conversation, come up to the podium. I, I have to pick up my daughter from a sporting event tonight. I didn't okay. anticipate this lasting as long as it has. Okay. I'm happy to answer any questions right now, but I have to leave at 7.15. All right, well, we'll uh, I'll, just because we do have questions of you, uh, I'll, I'll, we'll, uh, if the commission allows, we'll, we'll, we'll do this, because we would like, well, first I'd like to know how you possibly thought you didn't need a permit for this and you're, Commissioner, I, Commissioner, I, I, I attempted to submit an, a, a, a uh, the permit materials that was submitted. It wasn't acknowledged by the city, but I made a good faith effort to document that the efforts I was about to make and the reasons why I was going to make those, those um, severe alterations to the trees. I provided photographs. None of that has appeared here. Um, uh, um, I sent the materials to the to the contact point that was provided in the information I I, I was able to source online uh, through the city of Sausalito. The reason why I cut the trees back is the trees had been historically topped for many many uh, for many years. The house was built in '92, and I think that at that time, the trees had been severely topped. The result of that is, is that, and the, and the result of, of continuing periodic uh, uh, trimming, of uh, uh, topping, is that the growth became so thick and so intertwined that no light was able to even reach the ground. It was a, it was a solid canopy of tangled deadwood um, with new growth um, growing vertically from it. And in order to reverse that, um, it was recommended that I that we start over again, 
and cut the trees, cut all of that growth out. And, and bay trees, as, as you know, regenerate from their trunk. And now we will have, in, in future years, we'll have, and it's already occurred, every single trunk has new growth on it. We will have new vertical growth that can be managed, whereas prior, that was impossible to, to manage without removal. And so I didn't do this to enhance views. It didn't, if I wanted to maintain the status quo, it would have been a lot cheaper just to have my guy go in and top it again. But I wanted to solve a, a, a problem which I perceived as a serious fire hazard of, of, um, of, of just too much deadwood that had grown um, throughout the number of years that the, that the continual topping had occurred. Regarding the erosion, I have put down um, and spread six bales of hay, of, of straw, of, uh, of uh, wheat straw, that, um, and that has stabilized the ground. The reason why the ground is unstable is there was no growth because that no light could penetrate to the ground. Um, so I'm a little bit disappointed with staff that they didn't go out and, and note that I had made erosion control efforts and there is no erosion. And the, and, and the erosion that they perceive was caused by um, the dragging of tree trunks down the, the removal of the material um, down to Glen, but there's no continued erosion. I've seen that and, and, and when, and, and uh, I've, I've checked the gutters, there is no um, sediment uh, um, washing off, off the lot. And so, and so me, there- uh, Cause I know you're on a tight timeline and others are gonna have some questions. So you, you tried to apply online, you didn't get issued a permit, and then you talked to your tree guy in your Leo Tree Service, you didn't have a permit, didn't ask for a permit. Did they ask you if you had a permit? I mean, I, I don't understand how a well, they tree did, service- They did was, not, and I- and, 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 and You've done this without a permit. I did this without a- I did it without a permit, and, and, and I accept responsibility for that. It shouldn't have- I should have received a permit. I, I see the process now having- Having watched um, uh, the the council um, uh, debate on the merits of a tree removal, um, there was no tree removal. Every single tree is going to survive and thrive in this in this instance. But, I understand but it wasn't removed, but it was pruned beyond. Uh, it required a permit. It obviously, did real tree service should know that. Uh, other questions? It, yeah, if I can just it, it is admittedly question. it is admittedly unsightly at the if moment. I, if I can ask you a question, how long have you owned the house? Um, I, uh, four um, four years. Okay, and did you ever come down to City Hall uh, to the counter to the counter hours if you couldn't uh, get a response online? I I did not. Okay, okay, and have you read um, the landslide task? Force does have a report online on the city website. Did you look at that or any of the recommendations moving forward here? Because my point is that, you know, even on Sausalito Boulevard, where we had quite quite a terrible landslide, um, you know, there 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 were not a lot of signs for sloughing off into the into the road, more than a lot of normal places. So, you know, it, it's not really always what's happening at grade or on top of the dirt or the ground, it's what's happening below it and undermining that. And, and Sausalito's built on a number of underground springs. That, that's the topography and geography um, you know, um, of 
of Sausalito. So, um, you know, this this seems a bit um, a egregious to, to me. And I think um, the issue about the erosion control is first and foremost um, for 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 me. I mean, I'm I'm alarmed at the extensive amount of tree trimming we have here, and I desperately hope that trees will survive. Um, you know, it's not clear that they will. Well, but uh, commissioner, I, I, I'm still speaking. Um, but I I think that um, you know the the initial recommendations from DPW on the erosion control we've seen across Sausalito before. And they really are seasonal and temporary. They are not a more permanent solution, whereas it can take quite a number of years for trees that are cut uh, as much as what we're looking at on the screen here uh, to, be, to be able to regenerate, to re be able to create that canopy to, to uh, um, uh, you know, protect erosion control. We've seen that over and over again. So um, uh, thank you for, for answering the, the question. I appreciate that. Other questions from commissioners uh, from the owner at this time? No. Okay. Uh, so, I mean, we're gonna we're gonna consider this tonight. We're gonna public comment tonight. Okay. Uh, I'm gonna tell you that at a minimum, there's going to be a. I would guess there's going to be a fine. There's going to be erosion control, and we want you to immediately implement. What they're gonna. It's gonna be through DPW. Uh, uh, to make this happen because this is and and I would suggest you you asked your tree service why they would have possibly done this when they, they didn't have a permit. They should know better. A tree service, that's what they do for a living, and they, they know they need permits. So I'm shocked that they actually uh, did this, even if you, uh, you know, even if you asked them to. So Well, well I'll, it, all I can say is it was the right thing to do. It was the wrong way to do it. I should have, re I should have received um, full permission. Um, from planning before doing that, I admit that. But what was done needed to be done. Erosion control is in place. Um, if the commission uh, thinks that it should be enhanced, I'm willing to do that. I was, um, I monitor it and I watch. Um, we haven't had the heavy rains yet, but what's been, what is in place has kept the hillside, um, the surface runoff very, very stable. All the trees are going to survive. The root systems are intact. Um, I think that um, in the in the very near future, the canopy will be fully restored and 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 greatly enhanced. So, um, I I I really think that uh, well, I, I just hope the commission um, takes that under consideration. Thank you for your time tonight. Thank you, uh, Mr. Manage, uh, Mr. Van Hook. Any additional uh, comments uh, uh, at this point. Um. Yes, uh, just some additional comments to address. Um, so uh, he mentioned that he submitted a tree removal permit. Um, I asked him to forward me that permit, forward any documentation of that permit being submitted to DDD. If he had submitted it online or via email or anything like that, there'd be a chain, there'd be some kind of evidence on that. I received none. Um, so very difficult to understand what happened there. Also, even if it was submitted and there was no response, that doesn't give you a go ahead. So um, I don't know when or how he may have submitted that, I, but we have no trace of it. And I asked him, it's very simple to provide an email. If you send it to CDD at Sausalito, just forward me the email. 
you couldn't do that. So um, I don't I don't know if that's a true statement or not. Um, secondly, as far as erosion control being in place, um, he spread some hay bales over there, which you can see actually in these images, you can see some hay coming off the side there. But we received a number of public comments from neighbors on Glen, as well as video footage and um, photos showing a lot of erosion and a lot of um, earth and rock and dirt um, down in those gutters there. And I'm sure you'll hear from some of them um, about that shortly. Um, so I just want to address some of those items that were that were brought up. Um, and yes, um, I do believe that the, the bay trees will survive. Um, how long that canopy will take to grow, I think will be quite some time. Um, there's a very significant and severe topping that occurred and, you know, a s significant alteration, unauthorized alteration. Um, so yeah, I just wanted to follow up with, with those comments there and I'm, I'm sure you'll hear more um, in public comment as well, so. Uh, just a question for you before we leave the podium. So I understand that this fine would be for the owner, not for the tree service. Is there, uh, whether we send a letter or whether we inform them, or is this a city attorney question of what we can do? Because the, the tree service is the front line. If the, so an owner goes to a tree service and says, cut down these trees, the tree service would usually say, I need to get a permit. I mean, is there, you, have you had any conversations of what we can do to, make sure that uh is this tree service done other projects recently in Sausalito that we know of or uh this is the first time i've heard of them or seen them um i've done several tree removal permits and they've not been attached to any of them so um i do not know this might be a question for city attorney as far as what could um what kind of you know punishment or anything could be you know handed down to the tree service as well so i'll let the the city attorney step in if uh, answer to um, that yeah can we have the, the city attorney or um Ms. Brevin, what's her name? Uh, Anna? Hi, good evening. Can you hear me okay? Uh, yes, I, I don't know. I'm sure you heard all that. I just wondering uh, what what is in the, our purview, uh, even if we can't find the tree service, if that's not what this is about, what can we do to try to solve this for the future, so to speak? Yeah, I mean, looking prospectively, what I would suggest is that you update. So what the code says currently is that, um, you know, the, the fine piece of it and the um, mitigation that you can impose have to do with the violator, um, and that's not a defined term. So what I would say you could do is impose in the code a definition for violator that includes maybe not just the owner of the property, certainly it would include the owner of the property, but also potentially that definition could extend to the person who did the work on the owner's behalf. Uh, that, as identified by staff, that's not currently how the code reads, so that would require an update to the code, but that's certainly something that we could work with staff on if, if there's an appetite at Planning Commission. Okay, uh, is there anything that stops CDD or this commission sending a letter to this uh, tree service and making it clear that these are the requirements in Sausalito or something to that effect? Is there no, certainly staff could do that. I would you know, just recommend citing to the relevant provisions of the code that have to do with pruning and tree removal and just indicating that you know, this, this particular project um, raised attention and that going forward, they must be sure to comply with all provisions of the code. Okay, uh, thank you. Other questions of the city attorney? Okay, uh, with that, uh, I do, we'll go to the public hearing portion of this public comment. I'm not sorry, it's not public hearing, public comment portion of, of this item on the agenda. So, uh, Director Phipps, if you give instructions for well, how you do public comment on an administration citation here. Thank you. 
So, so you'll have three minutes to provide public comment. If you'd like to make a comment, please submit a speaker card to me or and my colleagues. If you'd like to make a comment in the Zoom application, please raise your hand and you'll be called upon when it is your time to speak. To raise your hand from a phone, press star nine. Each speaker will be notified when the time has elapsed. I will start with speaker cards and then move to the Zoom application. I have one speaker card for Matt Singer. Matt, come on down. You will have three minutes to speak. Thank you, commissioners, and thank I thank staff for their their work in uh, researching this. Uh, I am the neighbor at 140 Glen Drive, which is at the lower rear end of this property. Um, I was really concerned not just about um, erosion, but there has was overall vegetation removed from that property. Um, I can 100% dispute what this person, the owner of that property has told you about a lack of erosion. The gutters are full of debris from that property. If he is checking the gutters, I don't, I mean, it's, it's just impossible to consider that he's actually looking in those gutters. As I walked out of my home this evening to get in my car to come to this hearing, my wife and I heard material from that property drop into the gutter. Um, so I am not just concerned about erosion that will occur during rains, but it is actively and imminently sliding. And I'm concerned for my property because this material, at any time, that hill could give way, in my opinion. It's, it's dangerous and could cause uh, significant damage. Um, it appears when it becomes wet during some of our early heavy rains, I'm extremely concerned about that. So I would urge um, the commission to not just impose temporary um, measures like uh, the jute netting, but to find a, a long-term solution such as a retaining wall, because that material will not remain in place forever. Thank you Thank for you. your comments. Other uh, members of the audience, do we have other speaker cards? No other speaker cards received, Chair. Okay, and I do not see anything on Zoom at this time. I did see a raised hand earlier from Art Harding, and I am seeing him raise his hand again. Uh, uh, right now. And let, yeah, we'll, uh, let's give him a chance to speak. Art, you have three minutes to speak. Thank you. Um, so I'm on 130 Glen Drive, which is adjacent to, I think, a very small link uh, next to the lot. Uh, we have a couple of comments. One, uh, we were actually home when they started cutting the trees and attempted to run out and stop the people from making the cuts on the trees, as well as contact the owner to ask what they were doing, because it's quite impactful, not only to all the erosion that we talked about, which the idea that that hill is not eroding right now is ludicrous. I carry my trash barrels down <clears throat> each week and have to put them in mud that is slipping down the hill. Um, I agree with, uh, I think it was Matt that was just up there, that the idea that raining season hasn't started yet is pretty alarming in terms of the amount of soil and stuff that is moving um, that my neighbor and I are both cleaning each week. We did attempt to stop the people when they were doing it, as well as contact the neighbor to ask, what are you thinking? Because it also impacted privacy on our sides, like in terms of like it just literally, and I'm I'm not also not sure on the lot lines and whether trees that are on our, our neighbor's lots were impacted as well. And it also appears that more than just the trees were removed, it's like bare dirt. And if there's hay there, it's a very light 
amount of it. There's like physical material moving and some of my neighbors downhill I perceive and they're talking about someday like right now I'd be very we, we've seen movement on the street um I don't know it just looks pretty severe to me so and we attempted to reach out and slow down the whole process and uh it was kind of alarming to watch happen so anyways, those are my comments so and I, I agree I would work I would like to ask that some more permanent and uh, urgent actions be taken because it it looks like it's a it's a the wall was pretty fragile before this even started um, and it looks like there was already some erosion and this just looks to have accelerated it. All right, thank you very much for your comments this evening. Um, I'll give folks one more opportunity to speak if they have not had a chance to uh, be recognized and would like to look into the Zoom application for raised hands. Going once, going twice. Seeing none, back to you, Chair. Uh, thank you very much, Director Phipps. I'll bring it back up to the dais here. Uh, this is obviously egregious. This is obviously something we need to not only address here, but make sure it doesn't happen again. So I'm looking for a proposal. Uh, Vice Chair Junior. Thank you, Chair Luxembourg. Um, yeah, we're obviously going to, I think, take some action tonight. And I, I, I uh, um, completely echo the concerns of the commission regarding landslide and Erosion and and all that. I, I think it's. I think probably the more difficult conversation we're going to have is regarding the more permanent solution. I don't know, you know, what we can do, but we're certainly, I think, going to take some action and require some immediate mitigations. With respect to some of the comments, both you know, at the commission and, and some of the things that um, staff said and, and even the owner said, you know, I will honestly say, first off, bay trees are pretty hardy. They are going to come back. I don't worry about that. So that's really kind of neither here nor there. But with respect to tree services, I really, you know, we have a lot of trees in Sausalito. There are a lot of different tree services. And I frankly think there's a lot of abuse and it just doesn't get reported or there's one or two trees and they can't really be seen. So, you know, I, I sympathize. I think you're correct. Tree services should be a little more responsible for sure. But I, I don't know if that's, uh, you know, something we can really uh, do much about except send letters, um, ask the community to be more responsive and report things like this. But um, you know, I, I think with respect to specifically bay trees, um, I, I really do think there's been a lot of chopping around the city, and I um, don't know if that's going to stop. Um, and then finally, I don't think there's any question that uh, I'm really glad that the staff got up and, and confirmed that they didn't receive anything in terms of a, a permit request. It's never an excuse, you know, that I didn't know or I didn't have time or I couldn't figure it out. You know, you go to the counter, <laughs> you figure it out. This is kind of ridiculous. So I, I'm kind of glad he showed up. I wish he didn't have to run out, the owner, but um, I, I think he's going to uh, have to deal with the consequences here. So those are my comments. Uh, thank you. Other comments? Uh, Commissioner Stahl. Um, thank you. Uh, thank you, Chair. And completely agree with um, Vice Chair Junius. And, and to Commissioner Feller's point, I was going to say the same thing. We've got springs under the hill. So I think to everyone else's point, you know, you can see it. I also went by. And so, um, and you know, barring not knowing his profession, I, I don't think he's an engineer. And so, I think with this, with with we need to take into account um, a professional opinion and that of our DPW and code enforcement. I think reigns supreme here. So, um, I I do think we do need to figure out something more long term. I don't want to come down um, terribly hard handed, but I don't think a fifty percent uh, mark here um, sends the right message. I, I really, I think it would be uh, adequate to to bump that up from the 4,500 
to $67.50 um, at $750 a tree because I, I, I just don't appreciate knowing you're doing something incorrectly and, and moving forward. It's not a view impact, as he said, this affects that entire neighborhood and, and hay is not the answer. So I'm just a little aghast at that suggestion. Um, and, and, and I just don't, I don't, I don't appreciate, uh, I don't appreciate how far this has gone and how many people this is impacting. And, and it's really a safety concern and our, our rain is coming. So um, that, that's my view. Um, I'm definitely open to discussion there, but I, I think bumping up that fine slightly um, is, is where I would prefer the fine to be. Uh, thank you, Commissioner Saad. As we do questions, Director Phipps, is it possible to bring up that resolution document? Uh, the second page has what the conditions would be. So if we just, we can, which uh, with the suggestion of the change of number two, but if we could just see that on the screen, that might help expedite uh, the language on it. Um, while you look for that, um, um, uh, Commissioner Graff, uh, questions or comments and then comments. um well i think it's been pretty much covered clearly there's a egregious violation of the of the uh of the rules here in town and uh they all should have known better so i think uh i think i think the penalty <clears throat> is in order um uh i think maybe uh commissioner Assad's suggestion uh, sounds good to me i thought that the uh half of the of the max was a little light but um so i think i would agree with that um yeah clearly um the the erosion issue has not been addressed and and i think that's it's pretty critical from what I can understand. I did not see the site specifically that close. And so I, I, I can't quite comment on what it looked like, but from the photos and other testimony, um, <clears throat> I, would, I would also promote a uh, vigorous effort to control erosion. Uh, thank you, uh, Commissioner Graff, Com uh, Commissioner Post. Um, well, again, this is highly egregious and um, um, pretty um, flagrant. So I, I'm, I look at this a little bit differently in terms of fines. And, um, you know, we've got 10 heritage trees there. I would go for the full thousand, the maximum that we can. Um, I'm also interested in, uh, and perhaps staff could also help weigh in on this, but um, you know, I, I, th there's going to be ongoing monitoring and um, uh, that will be required for some more permanent type of uh, erosion control. And yes, sprinkling hay around dirt is not really erosion control. Um, it, you know, we're trying to keep the dirt in place. Um, so uh, hay is not really uh, uh, the answer to that. So the question I have before I finish maybe my comments here is, does the city have a mechanism for which to, um, where we can impose certain fines or bifurcate the fine to include portions of that fine into an escrow account that the city could draw down on 
should the owner not perform uh, his duties in terms of the erosion control? Thank you, Commissioner, for the for the question. Uh, I think it's a good one. My, my initial comment would be following Planning Commission's approval of a resolution to impose these fines and penalties and remedial uh, requirements. If the property owner does not follow through, that will continue to be a code enforcement issue and our code enforcement officer will continue to issue citations. Um, if we experience a, a lack of payment or action, even following that, you know, the city has options that it can consider, but um, I, I would recommend that we, we just use the tools available to us existing in the code via code additional code enforcement action. Okay, and, and the other question that that triggers um, is I know that the city has a contract with Miller Pacific specifically for uh, landslide issues. And I'm, I'm curious if the ongoing monitoring of this property is consistent with what their scope already is. That would be a question for the Department of Public Works. Uh, and it looks like there is an item related to public works providing input to determine the best methods available. Right. Um, I, I believe if there is, you know, you know, an overlap and a complement with respect to that scope with Miller Pacific, um, th they would utilize that. Okay. All right. Thank you. Um, and and uh, so in terms of the erosion control, I'm going to defer to DPW's recommended solution. However, I would like to... Um, further request that uh, that the site be monitored on a a regular monthly basis through rainy seasons and maybe less less often uh, in dry seasons and where there needs to be um, alterations to that erosion control or updates to that erosion control um, that we um, empower DPW CDD or any other city, uh, staff or department to impose whatever conditions, fines, whatever they need to as an enforcement matter uh, uh, to ensure that um, the erosion control is, is not compromised and um, the uh, hillside is stable. Um, uh, and therefore, I would recommend the full $1,000 fine uh, per tree. Thank you. Thank you, Commissioner Feller. Uh, I... Uh, I want to be careful on number three on the screen. I think we need to require the owner to be responsible for the erosion control. I do not want to take the fine money and use it because that would be, uh, in essence, he'd say, fine, we'll let the city fix it. We don't want the city to fix it. We want them to fix it. And I do think number three does that. I think your additional language, uh, to the, uh, in addition to they determine the best method available, for short and long term, uh, um, whatever we want to say about that, short and long term uh, mitigation uh, should be added to number three, and that that's a responsibility. If they don't do that, would they would be fined again? I don't. I think the money should not be used for that. The money is meant as a penalty for having done something incorrectly, and I don't want it to be you know a way that the owner gets out of doing what they should have done in the first place. So, uh, as far as the the amount of the fine. Um, uh, I mean, I, I, I don't have a strong opinion one way or the other on that. I, I, I'm, I'm okay with upping it to 750 per tree and oh, okay upping it to $1,000 a tree either way. 
uh, I think the point of the fine is to make it clear that you don't do this. Uh, the only thing I would note is the trees will come back. And so if they're taking, uh, they're being fined for not getting the permit, the trees haven't been removed uh, and we believe they will come back. Uh, and then the number three is the most important because it'll take care of the, of the erosion, which is yeah. the bigger issue right now. So, um, but any uh, additional thoughts or a motion from anybody? Yeah, I just, maybe this is a, a, a further clarification to staff, but is, are there any um, mitigative measures we need to consider now for ongoing tree protection of those trees that are, um, you know, uh, uh, cut back so severely? Um, are, are any of them in need of certain protection or can we, it, it, I'm just asking. Since ten of them are heritage trees, we 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 want them to be successful in re, in their regrowth. Yeah, I mean, as far as I I can see from the trees, it, I, I have not you know we've not had permission to go deep into the property. Only what we can see from the public right away. Um, it looks like most of them are pretty stable. They've okay. obviously been pretty badly mutilated. But as we were hearing from um, the property owner, there is some new growth coming in. Um, I don't. It doesn't appear from what I could see based on my site visit that any of them were in in you know danger of collapsing or anything like that. But again, I wasn't able to really get close to them. I could, only what I could see from the right of way. Um, I think it is worth clarifying though that yeah, I do have in here um, in the resolution. It's mostly I put in nine, but it looks like there's ten trees. So that's something that I can alter. And I think that if you're going to issue the fine per tree, it should be for those ten trees and not for the nine that were just depicted on the site map. Um, that was provided by the tree service. So I think mm -hmm. that that tenth tree is that one in the front there. Yeah. Um, so yeah, that it should be ten trees. And you know, I'm more than happy. Whatever you guys want to do with the fine, that's at your discretion. I was trying to kind of strike a mid ground with my um, proposition of 500 of alteration versus removal. I think if the trees had been removed, it would have been for sure a thousand. But because they were only altered, I tried to strike a middle ground. But whatever um, fine the commission thinks appropriate. Uh, Thank you. Happy to support you, of course. May I ask a point of clarification yeah, while we have sure. him? Just in the in the in the wording, um, remedial order requires Bylayer to take immediate action. What what does that mean? Like, what if we make a motion tonight? What is that a day? Is that ten days? What 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 are we talking here? Well, yeah, that's a that's a tricky one. Obviously, I mean, we'd like them to do something immediately, like this week, next week, whatever, as soon as we can to get some waddles up and jute netting and erosion control just to stop what we're hearing from the neighbors is already, you know, things are sliding right now. There's rain coming Sunday, ideally before Sunday. Um, if we could get some, at least the jute netting up and things like that, that could, uh, you know, an erosion sort of carpet, erosion control carpet or whatever, um, you know, DPW refers to those things as. Um, so, yeah, I mean, any anything that we could do as quickly as possible, I think would be, um, you know, important. And, you know, that's another thing about just the remedial order too, that should all be at the violator's expense. So that's something that right. they pay for as well. So there's the fine per tree and the remedial order is all at their expense too. So there's, you know, there's another economic impact for the violator with that as well. Is that something that we can edit? Can we change that language? As far as- For, as from immediate to put a, a, like a date certain as we, is that, is that a possibility? So that is a possibility. I, I would say uh, that based on the phrasing and language used in connection with that condition, um, it is going to be based on how Department of Public Works assesses 
and, and what they assess to be the best methods available, those methods will have timelines associated with them. So I believe it's built into the resolution, but if uh, the commission would like to alter the language slightly to uh, make it read a little bit more woodenly uh, based on what, what they'd like to achieve, uh, I think that that's very much possible. I'd, I'd be open to that, um, Commissioner Saad. And I, I know Vice Chair, you... Sure. That's, I just wanted to know the concept, so I think we can discuss that, but thank you. Well, yeah, I just a couple comments here. I mean, I, I frankly think the, the, you know, the message is clear. The word immediate to me means like right now. So, um, but I'm also, you raised something, um, Director, that I, it confused me a little bit. So it's, you know, the, the violator here, you know, the property owner, I think tomorrow morning needs to pick up the phone and call a company and get out there and start doing this. I mean, that's not, it's his private property. He's the one. I think that's going to have to pay a contractor to come on and do all this stuff. He's the one that's going to create the erosion control plan. He's the one that's going to spend the money for the wattles and the, then the you know and and the various features of this. And and he's got to fix it like right now. And it's just going to get worse for him because you know because if it gets worse for the downhill neighbors, if if there's more erosion, if there's more damage, we're just going to be right back here again. We're going to be finding him again. We're going to be you know he's going to be standing there trying to explain himself, but. I don't know. The, the language seems fine to me. I think he he's going to be, you know, totally agree. The fine is going to penalize him. And then he's going to pay whatever it's going to take to get this fixed. Um, and I'm fine with a thousand dollars a tree. I think ten trees at a thousand dollars a pop is a, a wake up call. And this this owner needs to get his act together um, and get it dealt with. So I just would make a motion to move the fine to a thousand dollars a tree, make it ten trees, um, and leave the language as is. And uh, hope the owner gets the message. Can we add Director Phipps of number four that send, uh, says we'll send a letter to Leo Tree Service indicating what violations occurred and what our, our requirements are for the future, or is that better to be in another another document? Well, I can commit to doing that uh, on, on behalf of CDD, and I'll work with our code enforcement officer, Mr. Van Hook, to ensure that happens. If the commission would like you know, the, the additional evidence uh, and, and condition associated with this approval, I, I'm not opposed to it. Okay, thank you, Director. Uh, yeah, you... I don't think it's appropriate for the motion. I think the staff's gonna take care of that. I appreciate the, uh, the concern there, but it's, you know, I think they should be separate. Uh, that's fine. I'm happy with it being separate. Do uh, Commissioner Graff. <clears throat> thank you. I, I just have a question, a procedural question. Um, uh, there's urgency here and we want them to jump on this, but uh, what, how do we make them jump? In other words, usually this is a, there's a resolution and it gets, you know, and then we, we approve it at the next meeting and then action gets, and so meanwhile, a month has gone by, how, how do we deal with that? Well, the way I see it, Commissioner Graff, great question. Again, back to the concern about the immediacy. When the gavel falls on this, it's over. He's it's immediate as of like tonight, right? So uh, okay. he's the fine is imposed. So. He's gonna have maybe some time to write the check, but any time that passes after he's ordered to immediately start dealing with this situation and it gets worse, it's again he's just gonna you know there's only so much we can do with words and paper and whatnot, whatnot. But his legal obligation begins the minute this resolution is passed. Period, and that's that's about the best we can do. Okay. And and again, I appreciate the idea of you know timelines and whatever but you know i don't think immediate means immediate you know, i <laughs> yeah. would like obviously yeah. to obviously yeah. to no, see question. it happen immediately yeah. but uh actually uh, getting uh the person to 
that do know, that yeah. might be I, I don't you. know. No, I, I hear you. That's that's yeah, that's that's part of the problem with enforcement is ultimately you you know the property owner you know may may be too slow and some things might happen. I mean, really I think the more interesting question that I don't think we can answer tonight is what happens if he doesn't do anything or doesn't do it in time and there's a big problem. Well, if there's a really big problem and it starts to affect the roadway or something like that, well then the city's going to come and they're going to do something and they're going to bill him for that too. So He'll, he's eventually going to pay. Hopefully, he will step up and get this taken care of right now, so there aren't any more problems. But you know, there's really not much more I think the city can do, but do what we're doing tonight. And Director Phipps, is it possible for Mr. Van Hook to follow up tomorrow with him, saying this is what the commission did, and we expect you to immediately get a company in and get a proposal for erosion, and and then keep checking on it. Is there you know so that this is really stays with staff? Uh, we don't need to write it in here, but a process to make sure that something's happening. Is that is that doable? I'd say most certainly, uh, unless Mr. Van Hook has has a reason to say no. I I think most certainly, yeah. I'm I'm comfortable that st staff will follow through on a, an immediate basis. Um, so there's a. I'll second your motion. Uh, there's a motion as uh, as written here with the change that. Number two is ten, uh, one thousand dollars per tree, and it's nine, and it's ten trees. And so somewhere up in the other part of the motion is a, a, a number for the number of trees. I think we'll, we'll correct that. We'll make sure to make that modification. Uh, I appreciate the modification to the second condition of approval as well. And then I did hear a discussion of a monthly monitoring yeah. requirement. With uh, are we including that as an additional condition? I thought we were adding the number three that determined by the best me methods available and would be something about. We, we asked for, no, what, well, what, I, what I would like to have and what I'd like to propose to everybody here uh, is that we include um, language for uh, monthly monitoring, monitoring in wet season and maybe quarterly and dry and that should any adjustments need to be made to uh, the erosion control, that that is communicated formally uh, from staff to, to this uh, owner until such time is there is substantial regrowth of the mutilated trees and, um, and uh, there is a canopy back in place to protect any further erosion. So that language I think follows right after the best method yes. available. So the sentences in number three. So the maker of the motion, are you comfortable with that? Uh, yeah, I'm a little. I mean, these are. Yeah. Um, sometimes these get things get a little can get a little complicated. So you want the owner to, in addition to these things, have create some kind of monitoring program and report back to the city. Yeah, or yeah. allow the city to to check on it because we do have Miller Pacific and DPW that do are, that are doing this citywide. Yeah, yeah. I, let's. I mean, let's be careful here. We have. Act, I mean, it's it's one thing to monitor from the bottom and just look up at the hill like yeah. any any public. I mean, that's fine, and that's really I'm not sure we need anything in there for the city to just stand on Glen and look up. If we want access to the property, that's a little different story, and I'm actually not sure we can we can we can re require that. Um, so again, I think that might be a, the kind of thing we'd be talking to the staff about in terms of are you comfortable going out during the rain? I mean, I think 
given the situation, people, the stat, the city will be out there looking and yeah. making sure the hill's not sliding down the hill. They look for the sloughing off yeah. Yeah, 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 and what's yeah. going in the gutters yeah. and stuff. I mean, yeah. just to monitor it. But, but you don't want what you don't want this can this motion to start requiring the city to do things. That's my my concern. I mean, this you know. Fair, so, fair point. Yeah. Fair point. And did you have a point of information in this? Yeah, report? I just wanted to add as well. I share um, Commissioner Junius' concern on that. I believe that maybe there's something we could impose that requires um, the violator to have erosion controls in place and regular checking and things like that and not put the onus on the city to be Fine. the one that has to go out and exactly. do that. That's something that could be part of the remedial order. I'm, I'm happy with that. If maker of the motion is happy with that. Yeah, I'm happy. Okay. I, I would accept that. Absolutely. So maybe some kind of a, you know, bi-weekly monitoring during the rainy season and then monthly after that until the situation stabilizes. As a, as a fourth condition, just yeah. to as a fourth condition. Just yeah, yeah. one more um, suggestion, I think, would oh, Kristen Tyke staff. Um, it might be behoove you in the city to have them hire an expert, like require that they hire some kind of erosion control expert on their behalf that then submits the reports to the city instead of the city trying to manage it. And if they don't file the reports, then code enforcement can proceed as appropriate. Yeah. Thank you. I th yeah, I think we were putting the onus back on the owner. Thank you. So uh, uh, we're suggesting now a number four because that seems to be a little bit separate. Something with the words that um, Ms. Tykey said. Okay, so I know, uh, Director Phipps, we need to give you exact wording, right? Uh, I understand from the city attorney. Yes. Yes. Okay. So. Okay. The draft of number four. <laughs> All right. Let me let me start that, and um, um, that hopefully hopefully this will be coherent and clear. Um, it is an inclusion of item number four uh, that requires the owner. Uh, to provide ongoing monitoring of the erosion control uh, 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 bi-weekly, uh, bi-weekly during rainy during wet seasons. And I, I think to the comment we just got, why don't we why don't we say the the property owner shall engage an appropriate professional to um, uh, perform the uh, erosion mitigation. And also on a bi-weekly basis during the rainy season, provide regular reports to the city as to the condition of the slope, and after that monthly until uh, such time as there's no longer a need for the report. I'm happy with that. Thank you very much. This is legal counsel. If I could just interject for one second. Second. Still Allows that second. And Director Phipps, uh, do you want to read? It? Do you have to read it back? Was the, that happened at a previous meeting? Or I think Vice Chair Junius stated that uh, beautifully. Okay, good. And so you don't it, have to read it back. And it is on record, so uh, uh, I, I think we're good to go. Okay. So what is the motion? <laughs> uh, so we're adding a condition that basically requires them to hire a professional, not only to do the work, but to monitor it during the rainy season on a regular basis and report back to the city until things settle in and it's no longer needed. With, with a $1,000 per tree. With $1,000 per, uh, per tree if there's 10 trees at a total yep. of $10,000. Yep. Uh, okay, we have motion and second for the conversation. Uh, seeing none, uh, Director Phipps, can you please take the roll? Yep, thank you, Chair. Commissioner Saad? Yes. Commissioner Graham? Yes. Commissioner Peller? Yes. Vice Chair Junius? Yes. Chair Luxembourg? Yes. Motion passes. Okay. Thank you. Moving on to item 7C. Uh, 7C is an ordinance amending chapter 1054 and section uh, 8.34.0 uh, 
this ordinance amend, amends chapter 1054 of the Sausalito Municipal Code design review procedures and enacting section 8.34020 related to construction timelines. Uh, Ms. Tyge is going to do a presentation. This is a public hearing on the proposed amendment, uh, Title 10, Chapter 10.54, Design Review Procedures, and then we are going to consider a resolution making a recommendation to the City Council. Ms. Tyke, thank, thank you. Thank you, Chair Luxembourg. Well, thankfully, this time the applicant is the city and we won't be leaving. <laughs> <laughs> Okay, so due to ongoing issues with Chapter 10.54 Design Review Procedures, City Management had had discussions on this matter and directed staff to prepare some am amendments with the assistance and review of the City Attorney. The identified issues include uncle unclear or confusing wording, uh, review requirements for historic structures which conflict with Chapter 10.46 Historic Preservation, and requirements that are inconsistent with the standard government practice and or the requirements of the California Government Code. We, <clears throat> it's important to remember in preparing these uh, amendments that we were somewhat limited due to the Housing Crisis Act of 2019, SB 330, which enacted Government Code Section 66300. The proposed modifications are therefore minimal and um, in compliance with this code section, which prohibits the affected cities from imposing or enforcing design standards established on or after January 1st, 2020, that are not objective design standards with respect to housing development projects. However, local jurisdictions can continue to apply subjective design review procedures as long as they are not substantive modification to development standards. So we haven't proposed any substantive modifications to some of our subjective standards. I just wanna make that clear. With the above in mind, the proposed changes before you tonight clarify the existing triggers for design review, remove the requirement for the city to subject public works projects to the same discretionary review process that applies to private development projects. They also clean up language and remove redundancies throughout the text where we repeat statements such as the applicability standards under all the various codes. Uh, to touch on some of the modifications, Section 1054040, Administrative Design re permit, Review Permits, is modified to review number nine, review of minor capital improvement projects, and 14, requiring review of vehicular traffic safety guardrails deemed necessary by the city engineer. Additional language is proposed to define what a historic resource is under CEQA by reference to relevant CEQA guidelines, and that's to help us with um, tying design review to the historic um, review process appropriately. Lastly, language is added that provides that the Community Development Department shall have authority to approve design review permits for any projects that are eligible for streamlined or ministerial review based on provisions of state law and where the public hearing or oversight or design review is prohibited by state law. Under Section 1054050, Design Review Permits has been modified to delete two items, including number 13, Capital Improvement Projects, and number 16, Permits to Construct Wireless Communication Facilities. With regard to roadway and CIP projects, removal of roadway improvements in minor and or more substantive capital improvement projects is proposed to streamline the city's public review process or public works process. Generally, the practice of determining the need for and the design for safety improvements is the Department of Public Works and the city engineer. 
Design and necessary materials will be based on a variety of factors, including location, roadway speed limit, et cetera. There are items that are proposed in the interest of public safety and potentially subject to engineering standards or federal laws related to accessibility. Therefore, unnecessary delay in the final design and installation are not in the public's best interest, nor necessarily appropriate or legally viable. Additionally, public works projects are frequently grant funded with limited or no budget for redesign. The modifications will also bring the city's practice into greater conformity with California Government Code 65401, which provides the Planning Commission's role under state law uh, with respect to city projects is to review the overall capital improvement program for conformity with the city's adopted general plan. City staff have reviewed design review procedures in other cities and it's highly unusual for public works, particularly roadway projects, guardrail rail projects, safety improvements, uh, to be subject to discretionary design review. Now, the one exception that is pretty universal is buildings. If you have a new public building you're proposing that tends to uh, go through a public hearing process, which is it's pretty standard. This process can unduly hinder the management and imp implementation of CIP projects and delay or, and can cause a loss of grants and outside funding sources due to lack of compliance with progress deadlines. I've seen that happen. Um, removal of wireless communication facilities is necessary for compliance with FCC regulations, California Government Code, as well as our own Chapter 1045 Standards and Criteria for Wireless Communications. Section 1045070 currently provides the requirements for design review and use permits. It also provides the findings that we can make for approval of these facilities. And it very clearly states that other chapters are not applicable. And, and quite frankly, the design review findings are not really applicable to a wireless facility in general, um, which are really more designed for private improvements, uh, homes and buildings. Uh, subsection 1054050F has been added to provide that the Planning Commission may conduct oversight hearings to determine compliance with objective standards for projects that are subject to SB 35 and AB 2011. Prior subsection 1054050F uh, is now G and has been revised to clean up language and to delete the requirement that 1054090 conditions of approval and 150100 recommended conditions of, of approval shall be imposed. 154070 additional submittal requires has um, been deleted as it conflicts with the provisions of government code which requires the city to provide a comprehensive list up front and not after a project's been deemed complete and is going through the public hearing process. We do have a comprehensive list that's available to the public on the city website and we hand out over the counter. It includes the items that are referenced in this section that we are proposing to delete. 154090, conditions of approval. This section's been deleted. The Planning Commission has the authority to apply applicable conditions to every project you see here in a discretionary permit review. There are no legal requirements to list conditions in the code in order to adopt them. Uh, some of them are really unused and not really appropriate as well for 90% of the projects you're gonna see. 154080, time limits for construction. This subsection has been deleted with the, this chapter, edited, and is proposed to be re relocated in Title VIII, Building and Construction, where it can be applied to all building permits and not only projects that have, been gone, have gone through the design review process. And that will help us with more substantive remodels that did not require design review that go on and on. 
Um, so at this point, we recommend that you conduct a public hearing uh, of the proposed ordinance and zoning amendments, that you adopt the attached resolution recommending council adoption of the proposed zoning ordinance amendments, and if determined appropriate, the commission can recommend revisions to the language that we drafted for your consideration. Uh, thank you, Ms. Taiki. Uh, questions of staff? Commissioner um, Sauer. Thank you. Um, so for the additional submittals required that we were proposed to delete 10.54070, just as an example, because you know how we've in the past um, asked for shadow studies sometimes that were either not there prior or uh, I think even from like 426 Pine there was even a discussion about a like a third party mm -hmm. something like that so is removing this part of the code would remove that as an example from we, we would lose the it would no longer be in our remit to ask for those things is that correct am i understanding that correctly not necessarily i i think the point here is that it can't be codified as a requirement in our code to occur during a public hearing but if you were working with the applicant, and I'm sure the city attorney can chime in on this, and you requested additional aides to help you make a decision, and they agreed to it voluntarily, that you probably could request it. Um, we can have the city attorney verify that, but that seems to be the practice I've experienced in other cities. Yes, I would confirm that, that you can always work voluntarily with the applicant. But, you know, one other thing I would suggest is that if that's something that is commonly or regularly required, that um, the, the point here with the edits to 10.54.070 are to make sure that the applicant knows upfront what may be required of them. So even if it's just a potentially, you know, this may be required of you, maybe we could add that as something to the list that's given to applicants so that they're at least put on notice that this is the thing they may be asked to work with the city on. I believe it probably is in the list. Um, okay, great. Brandon's nodding. I think it's one of the possible requirements that could be, you know, uh, requested by staff. Perfect. Then, yeah, I would I would just echo that this is really just a matter of, of timing with respect to the edits that are proposed for the section um, in order to ensure compliance with state law. But it, it won't prohibit the city from working with the applicant voluntarily. Okay. Okay. That's good to know. And then, um, you know, this, this conversation uh, hasn't really we haven't had a discussion here um, yet prior. So I, I don't doubt in the staff report, it had said that there were some issues between staff and applicant, which is part of the reason that this is proposed. You just have some examples because it's not some, something that's really brought to our attention. Mm -hmm. um, what kind of issues you guys are running into with the way the code that is it's currently written. Some of the review requirements confuse people, and we spend a lot of time explaining to them that yes, they do really have to go to design review, that they're not exempt because it doesn't exactly say something very specific that they believe it needs to say. But one primary problem I've run into is um, under administrative design review, for instance, there's a list of um, improvements you can make to historic homes that supposedly can have administrative design review. And it does reference CEQA, and it does say that, you know, provided, but it kind of gives the impression that they don't have to go to historic review or, or are not subject to it, which they are. Because if you read cha the chapter on historic review, none of these improvements would be exempt, likely, if they were on any elevation that's visible. Um, 
Um, so people get the wrong impression that they don't have to go through these review processes. So we were just trying to clean that up some, and it was hard to do because of these new provisions of state law. Sergio was very cautious about how he rewrote the code. Uh, you couldn't add any new requirements. So he tried to add clarification. Okay. And then actually on the note of historic, I just had one. There was I, I should be on the administrative design review permit 10.54040. And I'm all the way down now at what's was 15 it's changed to 13 apple <clears throat> excuse me applications for what's added is privately owned properties identified on the local historic resources inventory so privately owned is an addition is that too limiting i in, in terms of what if the city were to take ownership of a oh. of a historic resource you know, like, for example, the Bank like of America building never, yeah, like City <laughs> Hall, you know, you never thought the city would own that. So just in the, I just don't know if that's too narrow um, of a, a view for local historic resources. Um, I just wasn't sure why that, the intent behind that, that edit. Do we, do you know it's very specific? You know, uh, Sergio added that, and I honestly never specifically said, why did you do that? So why don't we see if the city attorney is aware of why he would have added that. Yeah, can you point me towards the specific section yes, number so again? I have a printout, oh. which I think would maybe be on the third page, but I'm looking at the um, administrative design review permits. It's 10.54040. Mm -hmm. And there you go. And it's on uh, share screen. And sorry to interrupt, oh. Commissioner. Oh, gosh. Oh, perfect. So fast. Yes, that's where I'm looking. Privately owned has been added in. Yes. So I think this was in, in, what I would say is, um, I'm guessing based on my own experience, I also did not specifically talk to Sergio about this provision, but I think this is to make it consistent with the concept that we're also, as part of the overall changes, taking publicly owned property out of the discretionary design review process, at least in some cases, to so that city projects don't have to go through the same you know, sort of more onerous process. Um, so I imagine it was for consistency with that, but... I think you could, as part of your recommendation, and then this could be considered by council, which Sergio, of course, will be at that meeting and can guide them. But as part of your recommendation tonight, you could ask for potentially removal of that language or at least clarification of it before council adopts it. Okay. Is thank you very much. Um, is has was the, are these changes um, and this concept for making these edits? Is this at the direction of council i was directed by the city manager or the planning director to make this okay thank you those are all the questions i have thank you commissioner thog uh, vice chair junior uh no questions for staff okay commissioner graff questions of staff uh none right now thank you okay uh commissioner fellow com uh, questions of staff uh yes thank you chair uh, just a couple, and I, I'll, why don't I start with just going back to where Commissioner Saad sort of ended off here, because I, I think w one of the issues that is being highlighted by this, you know, privately owned language, those two words, is it completely ignores 
the development agreements and the language in that entire vehicle that was approved by this body and for recommendation for final uh, ratification by city council. And that is part of what we have here in Sausalito as a vehicle. So that is in essence a public-private uh, partnership potentially under under those kind of development agreements. So I, I'm not really sure how this applies if you're in that sort of situation. Um, so let me allow you to comment on that real quick. I've got some. I'm not questions. really clear what you mean by development agreements. So that we have uh, we approved um, language and um, an actual development agreements here in, in Sausalito, which w is a vehicle, a potential vehicle for public-private partnership. So when you're talking about privately owned, if it's a public-private situation where either you know the city owns the land or the building and engages with the private sector, how are you defining privately owned? Well, I would assume privately owned is is a is a is a piece of property that's owned by an individual member of the community and not necessarily government entity. Right. Um, but if this is an ordinance, I don't think we can assume anything. I don't think we should be in the guessing game. I think that's what. Um, I'm assuming some of this language is meant to clean up is assumptions or sure. different interpretations by different people. So I just want to, I don't want to pick on that too much, but I think it's, you, you get the drift of where I'm going is that it, it, what's been drafted here doesn't really take into account all the other tools and ordinances of the, of the city. And so it's really looking at just this in isolation where indeed a lot of these things have a lot of connectivity. So I'm I'm a little I, I I'm surprised at at some of this because there are other parts of our code or other ordinances where some of this language can be uh, contradictory of that and and for two and a half years we've been requesting you know uh, funding for initiative for the city to update all of our ordinances and mm -hmm. codes because mm -hmm. there you know some of these are are you know uh, very long in the tooth you know back to the 80s and 90s and so they're they're not even you know um, truthfully applicable or enforceable anymore and so you know I, I'm more interested in looking at this in the context of, of that because it's very very difficult as you know to just cherry pick certain little pieces in part without looking at the intended or unintended consequences of the impacts to other other parts of our codes and and other other ordinances, so I, I just want to put that out there. The other question I have is you 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 made sort of mention of other jurisdictions where I've seen this or that many different times, but there's really nothing in the staff report that identifies that you know for a justification of what we're looking at here. So, for example, I mean if. It, you know, where exactly is this imposed in other similar cities, towns to Sausalito? And and so you're, 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 you mention it in the presentation, but I don't see anything in the staff report that identifies um, uh, any kind of standard for these types of amendments. Are you talking about capital improvement projects yeah. in design review? Um, in the cities I've worked at, they have not done that. They've limited the Planning Commission's activity okay. to uh, review of the uh, compliance with general plans. I haven't identified a city here in Marin that also does this. Uh, Sausalito has some, some unique regulations that I've experienced in city. other communities. <laughs> yeah. Well, we're a highly unique city. So that's yeah. why I'm that's why I'm curious and and I don't, you know, 
believe me, I, I know you're in, incredibly well qualified and, and have an incredible career, but I don't know where, you, where else you've worked. Mm -hmm. So I don't know what you're referring to. And, I, and I'm sure that the public doesn't know what you're referring to. So when we're looking at things like this, I think it's important mm -hmm. that that type of information is rooted in sort of what, what is an industry standard or, 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 or why ordinances are put in certain places. Mm -hmm. We do have some very, very different ones um, than, other, than other cities that we do know of here in, in Marin um, or, or elsewhere just as they have very different ones from us. And it's usually born from unique and special conditions. You know, like we have a working waterfront. Where else is there a working waterfront in Marin? Nowhere. You know, so there's some oddities with just what's happening in the city. So um, I, I, I think that the, I was looking for a little bit more in the staff report to really help mm -hmm. explain or justify um, what some of these ordinance changes are. I, I do believe we have to update a lot. Uh, and I'm not saying we don't have to update this, but I really don't think it should be in isolation mm -hmm. of, of, you know, because all of these things are very, very interconnected and there are references back and forth between ordinances and municipal codes. So it almost starts to look like a solution desperately looking for a problem. Well, this is a design review chapter, which is a little bit more of a limited animal than some other portions yeah. of the code. And there are references in other portions of the code to design review to send people there if they, if they say they're subject to it. But I don't believe that these changes are going to run afoul of any major issues or create any issues, any major issues in our code or, or by conflicting with the remainder of the body of the code. Design review is set to tell you when design review is required yeah. and under what circumstances. And it's primarily applicable to privately held property. It really is. I mean, 99.9% .9 of the stuff we are going to bring to you is all a privately held piece of property. Um, and that is the main basis of design reviews, to try and encourage community development in a manner that, the city, that meets the city's vision. Yeah. Um, with regard to your development Agreements, I'm not really clear, again, how those fit into this, but design review does not codify that requirement, nor is it codified in any portion of the code I've ever read here. So I don't know that this is really an applicable issue. I, I, think, I think we need to look at it because I specifically remember um, that uh, all of those development agreements, sh should one ever you know, surface here in Sausalito, th they do have to come through the Planning Commission. If I may, um, Chapter 10.81 of our code is a chapter on development agreements, and it exists as separate from Chapter 10.54. Yeah. Yeah, it's definitely different. That, but these things need and to be looked at collectively, not in isolation, and I just don't know that we have enough information. Uh, I still don't understand if there's a direct relationship or nexus between that and design review. D does that chapter have references to design review, Brandon? I mean, I, again, the fact that you go enter into a development agreement doesn't preclude you from imposing the design review standards that you adopt or change or changes to them. It depends if you consider it a, pub, a, a, a public property or a private one, or if it's jointly owned, it's you know half pregnant. So what do you do with it? Are there any jointly owned properties in, in Sausalito? That's the purpose of a development agreement is to allow that. So there's a vehicle there for that to happen. 
I, I'm still not clear if there is a conflict here. I, I, I'm not seeing one, but perhaps the city attorney could weigh in on this. Well, I, I think that's why I'm making the point that, you know, I'm not clear that we that there's enough information here or in-depth dive into sort of some of the other adjacent ordinances. I mean, you can't just look at one chapter in isolation because there's references across or their impacts backwards and forwards. And I don't see in the staff report that there's anything of that kind. So I'm just, that's why I'm asking these questions. I think I've made my point. Um, so I'll uh, turn the floor over. Thank you, Chair. Thank you. Um, uh, I have some comments, but I think that they're not questions. I think they're uh, to what the city attorney su suggested that we do is if we want to make changes, I have specific changes. So I, I'll leave them to not be questioned because they're not really questions. Um, um, uh, I do have some that I'll say this during the comment period, but I did contact some of our neighboring communities and got some somewhat different. So I am curious about what, what communities there are, but the specific list isn't as important as the fact that we have to look at what it is we do and don't want in our code. So with that, I, I, I'm not going to have additional questions. Are there any additional questions of, of, of Kristen at this point? Uh, with not, thank you for your excellent review and excellent presentation this evening. And we'll bring it up to the dais to uh, figure out where we, how we want to proceed. Uh, yes, we, thank you uh, for reminding me about that. Um, at this point, uh, we will have public comment. There, uh, if anybody in the audience wants to speak, uh, can fill out a, a speaker card with anybody online. Uh, I'm not seeing anybody online. I'm not seeing anybody in the audience with raised hand. So we'll close public comment and bring it back up to the dais here. Uh, I, I have some suggested language changes, but I'll, I'll leave those to uh, hear what others have to say. Well, I'll, I'll start off then. Um, one of my favorite things in the whole world as a land use lawyer is code cleanup. So this is really an exciting moment for me to get to comment on a piece of the, the code here that, that um, is, I, I'm very, very supportive of this. Um, and I think staff's been pretty clear about it's it, it's an isolated chapter of the Sausalito Municipal Code. Um, I, I think for the most part, the, the changes are completely appropriate. Um, you know, I did want to, the, the, the issue about the, I, I think that probably the big elephant in the room here is the change is the removal from our jurisdiction of the capital improvement projects, which I support. Um, and I just want to make sure that every, anybody who's listening, which probably isn't only the government geeks tonight are, are tuning in, but, um, you know, the, the staff, the staff comment that was made a, a minute ago is I think really the, very, very relevant. 99.9% .9 of the stuff that comes to this commission, the jurisdiction of the planning commission right now for the most part is over private property, right? We're given jurisdiction to grant design review projects and review projects uh, that the staff brings to us to basically implement the zoning code on private property. And that's, I mean, that's just the way our system in California has kind of grown up. The, the idea that an applicant, a private property owner, looks at the planning code, talks to professionals, brings an application forward to make a change on their property. It, it's processed through the staff. It comes to the commission. The commission essentially has final approval on that, on that action unless it's appealed. And, then, and it's a kind of a straight line. It goes, it goes right through the process. Maybe there's an appeal or not, but there's an end 
and there's not a you know there's not potentials for eddies back uh, and, and things like that. So that's the that's 99% of what every planning commissioner planning commission in California does. With respect to public projects, I mean I don't think there's a there's a problem with the planning commission getting some type of you know advisory role you know commenting on a design input you know I think that's completely appropriate. But the real problem is that the applicant is the city and the end result goes to the city as well. So the city council kind of initiates these processes and then to have it go through anything more than a, than a comment period through the planning commission and the planning commission is a great place to have a, maybe multiple public meetings to engage the public and get, get ideas and you know, throw it all on the, on the page and try to get some input. But after that, it really is up to the city council because it's the city council's ultimate decision as to what to do with the with the capital project. They're the ones who regulate the funds of the city. They're the ones that are the elected officials of the city. And for the planning commission to in some way try to bind the city council to some result through this process just doesn't make any sense. And so I think the confusion about that is going to be clarified when when that just is taken away from the planning commission here. I don't I don't I think I agree. I don't think there are very many planning commissions in California that have this provision in their in their jurisdiction. So I'm supportive of that. Um, I don't I don't think it's anything more than a clarification and a kind of a cleanup um, that will help the occasional project in the future. Um, I'm I'm not sure I understand either the comment about development agreements. I mean, development agreements in my world are essentially contracts between a private property or a private entity usually related to a private property and the and the the, the jurisdiction and it's and it may include design review may not <laughs> it's a it's a deal that's governed by a different completely different part of the code so i don't see a conflict there um i i was i'm glad to the i'm glad that the part about you know moving time limits for construction into the building code essentially is the right way to go that's a, a good cleanup and there were there are a lot of things here that you know don't really make sense anymore. So I'm glad those are getting cleaned up as well. Um, uh, and I think that's probably it to start with. But um, in general, from my experience in 30 plus years of doing this, uh, mostly in San Francisco, but this really is it's really hard to like completely revamp an entire code. It usually never happens. It comes. This is the way it comes. Entire chapters get looked at, and they get fixed. And it's it's an imperfect process, but this I think this is important right now. I think it's good cleanup. I think it's going to help the city down the road, and I'm very supportive. Uh, thank you, Vice Chair Junius. Uh, we'll go through each of us on our issues, and then we'll decide how to proceed. Uh, Commissioner Sai. Thank you. I was just trying to read the staff report on my on my phone here. Um, I I think it's no surprise that my Vice Chair Junius and I are always on. <laughs> different ends of the spectrum here, but always great to hear um, your opinion and um, it's always valued. I, um, I, I, do have, I do have some confusion and I think I would not have known, you know, about this, the developer agreements, I probably wouldn't have come to that conclusion. That's why I appreciate multiple minds here, but that privately owned um, comment just became a sticking point in my head. Um, and I don't know if Commissioner Fowler and I are even trying to get to the same thing, but it just, it seems a little narrow to me and a little restrictive. Um, and, and I don't know if it would create potential confusion down, down the road. Um, I, I don't know if I agree with the concept of the capital improvement projects being 
removed from our remit. Now, as I'm barring, barring legal saying it's 100% not appropriate for us to, to do it, I don't, I'm not reading the staff report. Um, it's, it's seemingly open here. And, and if it is open, um, oh, thank you very much. Uh, I, I, I think it's worth a discussion up here on uh, between us. Um, I think we've heard one opinion. I'm, I'm definitely I, I, of the other opinion, so I would be hopeful that the, the rest of you can weigh in and we can have a discussion there just because, um, you know, for clarification purposes, and maybe I can ask, was, wasn't the ferry landing um, project, is that considered a capital improvement project? It is. Thank yes. you. So staff is nodding. Um, and, and that one, I think, is a – we are a unique town. To, to Commissioner Peller's point, we, we are a unique town, and I think that that calls for some weigh-in that is outside of, of just city council. And I think it's a, it's a can be a blessing and a curse to be in our remit. But if, if I had to choose whether I was on the commission or not, I would love to have a planning commission have some weigh-in as it moves through the public process. So um, there's some little edits here that I, you know, I think I'm fine with. I think it obviously makes sense for this time limit construction. And, you know, there's some general light cleanup that I have no issues with, but some of that big elephant in the room I, I do take issue with. And I, I don't think I'm comfortable yet tonight to move forward, but I would love to continue um, the discussion. But the capital improvement projects will be a sticking point for me personally. Chair, Chair, may I request an opportunity to, to provide a quick comment? Sorry, say that again? May I provide a comment? Uh, sh uh, yes. Thank, Thank you. you. Thank you. One, one of the goals of, of uh, making the edits to this chapter is to eliminate redundancy. And there is a provision in state law that requires that the Planning Commission review the capital improvement program of the city uh, to ensure that there is consistency with the general plan. That's Government Code Section 65103, Subsection C. So there is a tool built into state law that does require that the Planning Commission hear capital improvement projects. Um, our position is that that is a more appropriate way for the Commission to review capital improvement projects. As we found in connection with the ferry landing, the review of those improvements in connection with the required design review findings and 10.54 don't really match. Um, there's not really a, a union there that makes sense. Um, and, and we believe that uh, defaulting to the state policy with an annual re review is a, is a great way to um, check the box so that the Planning Commission has a bite at the apple, the capital improvement project apple, if you will, um, without having any redundancy in our code. Thank you. Uh, Commissioner Graff. Uh, thank you, Chair Luxembourg. Um, well, um, maybe uh, Brandon has clarified this, but <clears throat> I also think that that uh, that we have a role in capital improvement projects, and I think we have had in the past. <clears throat> I, I can think of a couple that uh, are were probably relatively unimportant, such as guardrails and. We have actually addressed things like that, uh, rarely, but we have. <clears throat> but anything that uh, comes up like the ferry landing, and I, uh, a few years ago, <clears throat> there was the big remodel of, of the um, pump out uh, facilities uh, down on Bridgeway. 
in Paloma. Uh, that was a big project, and I guess that's a capital improvement project. Uh, we had a lot of input there. We had many, many discussions about that. So I think it's, uh, I think it's totally should be in our purview uh, for anything that's significant. I don't know how you put a, a, a definition on that, but it, you know, it, it would not be. Uh, uh, um, safety barriers on a curved street, but it certainly would be any any kind of architectural uh, or landscape uh, uh, project that the city was engaged in. So yeah, I I, I think we should weigh in there. Uh, thank you, Commissioner Graff. Commissioner Sullivan. Um. Can I just go back to a quick clarification, uh, Director Phipps? You mentioned um, in your point of clarification, um, you mentioned an annual review of, uh, by the Planning Commission of Capital Improvement. Did I hear that incorrectly? No. So how, how exactly w would you see that working in the context of some of these projects that were that um, you know, Commissioner Graff has referred to, and um, uh, Commissioner Saad, in terms of those yeah. So, so this uh, to me uh, just requires collaboration with the Planning Commission and the Department of Public Works and and the Community Development Department. So, you know, my my first uh, wish was that I I knew the capital improvement program by heart, so I could tell you exactly all the projects and you know which ones we would be hearing and which ones we would not. But the answer is we will be hearing all the capital improvement projects on the capital improvement program list. Um, and those projects will be reviewed by the commission with working in collaboration with DPW staff and CDD staff to ensure compliance with the general plan. Okay. Okay. Thank you for the, for the clarification. Did you, did you have a, uh, a clarification to the clarification? Or <laughs> <laughs> uh, at least my thought here. Um, oh yeah. It had to do with compliance with the, with the general plan. Um, we look at it from that standpoint, but that's not the only way we look at it, right? There are other more subtle details that we consider, it seems to me. That would be the extent of the Planning Commission's responsibility. Mm -hmm. um, you know, again, I, I, I think part of the reason why we are suggesting these changes is because the findings associated with design review don't really match up well with capital improvement programs. Design review, I think, as we've discussed in 99% of cases, 99.9 .9 perhaps, are related to uh, new structures. And those findings are, are much more appropriate for new structures as opposed to capital improvement projects. Um, so th that would be my response. And, and, and apologies if I haven't answered your question. But, but, but don't we have, we, you know, capital improvement projects can include buildings they're not just roads or sewer or the primary infrastructure i mean within the public realm there is a lot of landscape within the public realm there's you know uh you know you could have public restrooms or um you know things of that kind so are, are you suggesting that none of those would be in our purview anymore for design review but only for um what might be on a capital improvement list yeah, again, I'd like to, I, you know, I wish I had that uh, program document in front of me um, and, knew it or, and or knew it by heart, but uh, that, that may be the case. Okay. Um, uh, I will say, though, that in the code, 
there is a trigger for design review to be applied to structures. Yeah. That is 10.54.050, number five, any commercial, industrial, or similar structure composed, uh, proposed for construction. You know, there, there may not, I'm not. Sorry, sorry to interrupt. Can you repeat that so we can find it? It's in the design review permits section, 10.54.050, number five. And that, are you suggesting that includes public sector projects? I am suggesting it includes any commercial, industrial, similar, or similar structure composed for proposed for construction. So uh, let's take, for example, the library. Does that include the library? Uh, uh, obvi obviously, there's some interpretation here, but I would include that. No. Well, yeah, but that that's also a little un unclear. Um, but I don't want to harp on that one project because that was not a result of this um, ordinance not being revised here. That was something different. Yeah. Can we? Can we? Can we? Uh, since we're having this conversation, can we have the city attorney? Uh, uh, I would not interpret this this way, but the city attorney has reviewed the this language. But any commercial, industrial, or similar structure proposed for construction, does that would that include renovation of City Hall, renovation of a library, or a similar structure that's publicly owned? Because yes, there's language in here throughout about private property, and it would seem to me that that does not cover. Uh, I, I would think uh, a, a library would be a capital improvement project, so it would be covered on that statement that's being requested to be deleted. No, I think I think there's still room, um, as Director Phipps has noted, to include, if it's not specified in subsection five, there's no reason to read into it a requirement that it does not apply to public buildings. I think the idea with adding the privately owned language or clarifying at least in the code that it will, you know, discretionary design review will no longer apply to um, capital improvement projects is not intended to cover the specific updates to a building that may be a component of an overall capital improvement project. So I would not disagree with the director's interpretation that five subsection five could continue to apply to a public building if it if it fits within right you know commercial industrial or similar structure that's going to be constructed. But what you would end up with is clarity as to the more traditional capital improvement projects, such as roads that um, don't fit into discretionary design review. I, I think this is intended to be, um, I don't know if compromise is the right word, but I think it's intended to allow the city to more efficiently move forward with its capital improvement projects while still allowing when appropriate for design review on something like a structure that's being built. Uh, thank you, Anne. Uh, um, okay. Other, other, so, uh, other comments? Yeah, let me let me say. let me continue here. Thank thank you, Chair. Um, uh, it it will come to nobody's surprise here that I've been a very loud um, and constant voice to get ordinances, build you know municipal codes, uh, cleaned up, updated, um, and a little bit more cohesive. So that's you know something that I'm initiative that I'm firmly behind. Uh, and I, I think that's why Vice Chair Junius and I um, have been pushing the objective design and development standards so uh, so hard and so consistently. Um, so uh, you know I, I, I welcome any updates. I'm, I'm a, 
I'm a little bit concerned about looking at this in total isolation of, of other elements. And I think our conversations are kind of clear that, that um, you know, there's not enough context in the staff report also to really understand uh, the other jurisdictions. And I think that that's important, not just for us, but I think the public in, in order for them to weigh in as well. Um, I, I'm not ready, I don't, I'm not ready to uh, take an action because I think there's more information that we need here uh, based on m my comments before. And I, I'm gonna be uh, looking to make uh, a, a motion at some point to continue this so we can just get this right. I, I mean, this, this is important. And I'm, I'm not there yet, and, and I'm certainly trying to get there, but I, I'm not. Uh, so that's really where, where I stand now. It's, it's not a, a, a lack of support for updating ordinances or codes. It's, it's not being comfortable with what's in front of me here uh, to, in order to make a, a comprehensive and, and complete um, finding this evening. And if I may, just because I, I think I, I hate to interrupt, but I, I think this may be helpful um, in, in guiding the discussion. Uh, my understanding is that this item is scheduled for the December 19th city council meeting. And so um, that's not to say that you can't continue it for planning commission consideration, but I think, you know, to the extent you have some guiding parameters that you'd like to put in place for city council consideration, tonight would be the time to do that. Um, Brandon, correct me if, if that's incorrect, but when I, when I spoke with Sergio, it sounded like it was going to council on December 19th and they were hoping to have feedback from the commission at that time. Yeah, thank you, Anne. Uh, that, that's accurate. The council is hoping that the commission renders a decision on this item this evening. Uh, if there are items that are of concern to the commissioners, um, my recommendation would be that that be included in the recommendation um, of approval or denial. Yeah, I, I wasn't aware that the city council has published their agenda yet. Um, you know, I, I think it's more important to get this right than to live up to an agenda that's not even published. I mean, th this is this is important material. Um, it binds public policy and and our um, roadmap. So um, I will stand by my comment. Thank you, Commissioner Fellow. Um, Can I ask a I'm clarifying question before you get to your details. Just 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 to confirm, I'm I'm curious though if if we if we try to if we continue this. Can this? Can the city council still act? They can't. They can't act at all. They must get a decision from this. They must get this out of the planning commission. A recommendation from the commission, I believe, uh, is required to for city council to render a determination. And and the only thing I would add to that is that city council has statutory authority to require the planning commission to render a decision one way or another within forty five days. And so my, again, you know, my understanding is that if council does not have something from planning commission on the 19th, its next course of action would be to, um, you know, trigger that statutory requirement to, to essentially force planning commission's hand to make a decision within 45 days to approve, deny, modify, et cetera, but um, not to fail to take an action. Right. And if the, and if the commission act make, makes no action or can't get it, get it done out, out within that 45 days, the city council can just move forward. Correct. Correct. Thank you. Understood that, and thank you for the clarification. I just don't want to be irresponsible with what we're doing here. So, I mean, this was, you know, wasn't planning on, I didn't even know that this was an initiative. So we're, I'm trying to get the information we need, at least for myself, to, to move forward. Thank you, Commissioner Feller. Uh, all right, I have some comments specific to this. Um, uh, I, I also uh, 
chime in on the same uh, wavelength that it's good to clean up the municipal code, that there's a number of things in here, such as the cell towers, which we really don't can't control now for federal laws and language related to projects that come in under the new housing initiatives that have been adopted by the state legislature. So we do need to have those cleanups. Uh, my comments are to very specific to specific language, so I'm going to try to describe them. I'll start with the less controversial ones first. Um, there's a section, and we all have it in front of us, so uh, I will do this. Um, I, I understand the concern that the Planning Commission would require uh, some sort of uh, uh, shadow study, for example, after the project is deemed complete and it creates some anomalies. Having said that, there's nothing in that says we can't require these submittals. So my suggestion in order to address what was uh, defined in the city staff report would be to take what is in 105470, uh, uh, which we can all look at, which talks about models and photo montages and community generated imaging and or reports by expert consultants to address potential issues of concern such as noise, odor, glare, sunlight, drainage, and traffic. And I'm gonna explain how, I, give me a second to get the concept out because we only got this a few days ago and, and when you're starting to edit stuff like this, it's a little hard. I wanna make the following statement as item M under submittal requirement. And it would say as follows. It'll say additional submittals, models, photo montages, computer generated imaging, and reports uh, by expert consultants to address potential issues of concern such as noise, odor, glare, sunlight, drainage, and traffic. Then what I wanna do is the last sentence after L, but before 105470, says the community development director may waive specific submittal requirements were not applicable. I wanna modify that to say the community development director may waive specific submittal requirements were not applicable, including but not limited to models, photo montages. So it'll be within the director of the community development director to say we don't need these. But when the project comes into the planning department and they think a, 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 a shadow study is needed or there's some issue about traffic that's needed, that um, the director will not waive that requirement and he will make it happen so that when the application is complete, it will have these things before it comes to us. Uh, if we don't do what I'm suggesting, and then the, uh, uh, it says that the director can ask for that later or the staff can ask for it if the, if the applicant says okay, we're gonna be in a situation where the applicant's gonna say no, I don't wanna provide that. So I don't see any reason why we can't put this in the list of submittal requirements and then you know, a lot of times, most times, those it's not needed and the director says they're not needed. And then we as a commission might be at a loss for something we might need, but we won't have this conflict that was identified in the staff report that said, you know, the application's complete and now we're asking for other things. Um, My one concern, of course, is the state law I referenced or the government code that I referenced right at the beginning and that limits our ability to change, make any changes to this code other than to ask for objective design parameter standards. And I'm not sure 
the city attorney should probably weigh in, but I'm not sure we can codify new requirements such as light and air studies or no, you know, noise that you probably probably can, but we already have these things on our submittal requirements checklist that we provide to the applicants. So they are aware of them up front, and that's what's important is they're aware of them up front and not, and not list things that they have to potentially provide during a hearing. Yeah, I'm not suggesting that we suggest to potentially provide them. I'm suggesting taking what we already have on the checklist and what we already have in the code and moving it out of section 105470 and moving it up to uh, the section before, which is 1054060. That's all I'm doing. I'm not adding anything new. I'm just moving it. And so, and, and I am taking it away from the commission's ability to do that uh, because I understand the problem of us requiring stuff later. But what this, uh, but, uh, you know, so it's not nothing new, it's just re relocating. And I'll, I'll just chime in briefly and say, I, I understand that what you're saying is just you're you're taking, you know, criteria that are already in the code and just making sure that they're required at the time of submittal, just like other items are, so that you don't get to a point later in the project where you're requiring them after application completion. So you're taking existing standards, but changing the timing and in, in the process when they're submitted. So what I would say for staff purposes is, um, we would welcome that as a suggestion on the part of the Planning Commission if you ultimately make the motion to include these suggestions. And then Council can review, you know, of course, if it if it determines that that's an appropriate suggestion, it wants to make that change. But I think you're, you, you can make that uh, suggestion as part of this discussion. Uh, and thank you. And yeah, I was, I'm just trying to uh, acknowledge what we already have and just, you know, make, solve the issue that's been identified that we would be requiring stuff after the application is complete. So th that's one set of recommendations that uh, I'm making. Uh, the, the second one is, uh, uh, well, the, the elephant in the room is section 13. And I'm gonna, uh, I'm gonna uh, say that uh, I've only had this a few days. I have made some calls and I've looked at a bunch of code. I looked at San Francisco and I might be wrong, but what I could read on paper is a public sector project in San Francisco definitely requires design review. Uh, a public sector project in uh, San Rafael requires design review. Uh, I called uh, Tiburon, which is a very similar community, and uh, I asked, uh, do you require design review of your public sector? And uh, she, said, uh, she said, absolutely. She said, we, we need to hold the city to the same standards we require of the private sector. And I'm not talking about guardrails. Uh, the Section 13 already excludes guardrails. So I'm suggesting leaving, we, we, I, I, I completely disagree with the idea that a commercial industrial thing covers the library, the city hall, and to Commissioner Feller's comments about public-private agreements, we own the Bank of America building, uh, we own MLK Park, uh, we own the land under the Sausalito Yacht Club, these are all public sector projects that we lease out. And so there gets to be a point where if the city wants to do it on their own, it, 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 and we, I also have, I take issue with the number 13 where it said privately owned. If we, if we do that, then, then the, the city should be held to the same standards as everybody else. I think that uh, some of this comes out of the Ferry Landing Project, which I think 
was more problematic about it happened during that pandemic and it didn't get reviewed the way it was supposed to in the beginning and it didn't it didn't happen properly. But if it happens properly uh, and, and we didn't have the pandemic and there wasn't all that going on and having meetings via Zoom and all that other stuff, they, we would not have had the problem. So let's not throw out the baby with the bathwater. Uh, uh, I, uh, as a planning director, uh, built several schools in Massachusetts and we had the same provision. We had to go to, go to a board, get it approved. I agree with Commissioner Graff we're not talking about reviewing of a, a capital improvement program about, you know, is it needed or not needed? It's a, this is a design review. I'm more concerned about structures, and I do not think that's covered by a commercial or industrial. That's the first thing somebody's gonna argue is this, the public sector projects are completely out. That was the intent of this. So I, I think public sector projects should be covered by our own rules. So I would, recommend but i do understand the need to get this to the council so my suggestions this evening are to make the changes i suggested on the submittals uh and uh i read them out loud i also it just i just before the meeting emailed them to uh director phipps so he has the actual language that i read i would suggest per uh, uh commissioner Saad's comments about uh number 13 that says applications are privately owned. I don't see any reason to exclude publicly owned projects in the downtown historic district. We own uh, the old city hall building in the middle of the historic district. I, I think that public sector projects should be covered. So I would, I would take out those words that were proposed to be added. And then on number 13, I would leave uh, no, number 13 in local public improvement project because I think it does cover the city hall, the library, MLK Park, if we were to build public housing on it or whatever, and, uh, and, uh, and, and, and it excludes traffic guardrails, it excludes maintenance projects. So it really only includes the major, major public improvement projects. Uh, and so that's, I would just leave it in, that's my suggestion. Alternatively, we could modify number five and say all public sector buildings are covered by this. I mean, that, that would be a different way of doing it, but I'm trying to do it as simply as possible. It's always been you know, uh, done under 13. There's nothing else in the code that, that does that. So uh, that, that would be my uh, suggestion. And then the only other question I have, and I'm less concerned about this, which is number nine, which is capital improvement projects that are reviewed by the by un, under administrative review they're taking uh that out and maybe that one's okay because it's covered by the annual review that uh, director phipps mentioned so i'm okay with uh, i think the rest of this is is fairly straightforward and long long needed and uh so i understand the need to to move this ahead to the city council but those would be my suggestions on edits um, with that other questions Vice Chair Junius. Uh, thank you, Chair. Um, you know, I, I, I do think that maybe we'd all agree on that Section 5. Why don't we just explicitly ask to include public buildings? We could do that and then agree with the rest of the, you know, because I do think that, you know, capital improvements are a lot more than just a public building. And, you know, I, I mean, I hate to say it, I'm not that interested in trying to figure out, you know, if there are going to be changes on Bridgeway. I think that may come to us for some public input, but for us to put that, try to squeeze that through our design review findings and our process just doesn't make any sense. 
frankly. It's the wrong kind of, that's what the city's been telling us, that's what the staff's telling us. That makes total sense to me that design review findings that are intended for buildings should not be applied to things that are not buildings. That's, I think, what the main part that we're saying here. So I would support that change, the, the change that we would add any commercial, industrial, or similar structure, any commercial, industrial, comma, Which public section? building, it's sub, subsection five under. Okay. Under B, under B. and then do one, two, three, four, five, yeah. I mean, I agree. It's, we, I agree. We shouldn't, you know, if that's unclear and not quite as clear as it could be, we could just add it or simple or public building, you know, <laughs> commercial, industrial, or public building or similar structure. You know, that seems to me to be the right approach here and, and what might solve a lot of the problems. So I, I would support that change. But I, I, other than that, I think, again, I support the cleanup. This is the right kind of cleanup. It, it's, it's an isolated chapter of the municipal code. It's um, it, it should be done. I, I I don't think we should, you know, try to. Uh, I, I don't. I just don't understand any of there. It all makes sense to me. So thank you. I I'd like to um, put a motion which page, which on the floor, you... unless we need to take public comment, Chair. Um, what time? Do we need to take We're, public uh, comment first? We do, but I, I want to roll call this. Okay, so I, I believe we did take public comment already. Okay. No, we did take public comment. Sorry. Any commercial industrial. Uh, it took longer than I thought. Um, public building. Uh, or public or, building. Or, 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 public, or public or or similar structure. Any commercial, industrial, or public building. Or similar structure. Or similar structure. Yep. Similar. Okay. Uh, uh, yes, we did take public comment. Okay, so sorry. Further... I Further comments or changes, suggested changes before we get to a motion for where we want to go. Uh, Commissioner Graff. <clears throat> just, I, I'd like to clarify um, just on a number five work. <clears throat> You're suggesting public building could also be a public park. It could also be something else, you know, yeah. a facility. So to limited to, to say buildings but, but again keep in mind commissioner i, I agreed but you, you're gonna you can't put a public park through a design process that's intended for buildings this the design review we're talking this is a this is for structures not for parks not for plazas not for roads not for things that aren't buildings i mean if you look at all the if you look at all the the the, the 22 different findings we're supposed to make for a structure it, they don't really apply to things that aren't buildings that's all. That's the that's the that's the yeah, central I, core yeah, of this yeah, whole yeah, thing. Yeah. So I think that's good point. Yeah. Okay. I'm just I'm just taking a look at the findings for that guard to to see if we do apply to parks or something other than uh, buildings. Yeah. I uh, I have to think about the park piece. I I get your point, uh, um, Vice Chair, but you know a number of our parks have a number of structures and certain things in them. Um, you know, how do you cherry pick that or what have you? I, I, I don't, I don't know. Um, the motion that I wanted to put on the floor, uh, and with a little bit of explanation here is, uh, from what I've heard, and, and certainly I can speak for myself, who's been pushing updates, um, and probably been a thorn in 
staff side sometimes in, in getting an initiative going for this. So I'm, I'm very supportive. I, I'm just, I, I really need to see something cleaned up here. Uh, words matter. We've learned that from the, our existing ordinances. Um, I, I, I'm not gonna cave to some pressure of an agenda that hasn't even been published yet and I'm not understanding what, what the fire drill is to, to hear something um, you know, in, in less than a week, uh, unless somebody corrects me, I, d I don't know. The words really do matter. These ordinances, it, it's so difficult to get them fixed, cleaned, updated. Um, I, I, I think we need to take this seriously and not, not um, just try to push something through for, um, for no reason. Um, this is a really important section, and um, there have been some excellent comments tonight. I mean, it's a really excellent input. Uh, I would like to see this redrafted, and we can go over what, again, what those points might be. But I, I have to tell you, I'm really, um, you know, not in a position yet to, to, to really feel comfortable in recommending this to... Uh, city council to be uh, ratified and adopted in, into in, into our our code until until this has a little bit further work. I don't think it's there yet, um, and I think again the input tonight has given it great direction um, that I'm I'm in agreement with. So okay. that is my motion. Uh, we can be specific about what those pieces are, but I want to get that out now. Uh, yeah, uh, with all due respect, I mean, I think this the city takes this very seriously. I think I'm very impressed with the staff's work here, and I haven't really heard aside from the thing we just kind of worked out. I thought or, I thought the language ad would be a good suggestion, and I'm happy to go back to Chair Luxembourg's um, edition of the moving of the models and things like that. We can, so I think that is probably appropriate. I mean, I, I don't see any other. I mean, what else? <laughs> I don't see what else there is to talk about. Well, I it's, think this needs to be cross-referenced, you know, make sure that no other pieces or parts that are referencing this, that are, we're inadvertently creating more uh, chaos in, in, in our ordinances or code. I would like to see that. You but, might not need to see it. I would like to see but, that. Okay, let's talk about that for a second, though. So th remember, this is, this, is only, you know, this is only the procedure of the design review process. It's a relatively Good. small part of our code. It, we're not even talking about the findings, and we all know how I feel about the findings. So we're not even talking about that. We're talking about. I, I mean, uh, yeah, I, I, I know what we're talking yeah, about. Yeah. I know we might not agree on it, but I really, I, I believe this deserves, you know, the the, the time to get this right. And but, I do not feel comfortable with where it is. So, but that is. Well, what my, don't you feel? What don't you feel comfortable with? Can you? Can I you would like to see the revised language. What? I'd like to. This is the revised language. I'm not looking. Do you have revised language there? Revised to what? We have one comment regarding one specific thing. No, I heard a lot more than one comment, Vice Chair. We had one comment that I think we're we, about the public buildings. I think the chair raised the issue about moving. He had some very specific, uh, you know, language about moving a few things up into a section that was relatively clear. Those were the only two language changes I thought was there any other changes well I'm still yeah there's the pro okay then there's that one that's three. I'm still not clear if you have a public property a public building that you enter into a development agreement with a private entity like how is that handled through this process but then 
think it's still this. It, 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 this is the process. That's not what we just amended. It was was we just put back any public building. Right. So, so that's that's building, clear as a bell from a section five. Building, whether it's um, Bank of America building, it would come under design review. Under under yeah, under five. Any it public would. building come under design review. That's the idea. Mm -hmm. um, so I mean, I, I you know. Um, but but honestly, frankly, if, if I mean, I would even support. A, a recommendation to the city council to remove privately owned. That was a, you know, I don't think that's a huge deal one way or the other. I think it was a clarifying statement from the staff and from the city attorney, but I don't see that as a big deal breaker here either. So I'd be supportive of that change as well. So now we got three things that we could, we could recommend to the city council to change. The, the rest of it really is kind of just cleanup. And I just, and I don't, I don't, I just continuance for something like this and trying to, and, and, I, I'm just not seeing the clarity of direction of the staff as to what we would continue for now that we've got these three out there. You know, I'm seeing as I read this, I, I understand Commissioner Grass concern about a public park, for example. Uh, if, it, if it has a building on it, then the building would, would be covered. I, I do believe that the Planning Commission should review public parks that are part of the capital improvement program, but I have to concur with Commissioner Junius, as I read this, this design review criteria is set up for buildings. So it, and every time we have one that's not a building, it's hard to fit it in. So we need something for review of a public park improvement, you know, uh, but um, uh, my biggest concern is that public buildings, obviously we need to hold the city to the same standards as the private sector. So. Uh, I mean, I, uh, I think there are these three changes, that the ones I said about submittal requirements that the city attorney says that we can do by moving it up, taking out this privately owned in a public, in the historic district, because that, that could be a big problem because the city does own a bunch of buildings in the, in the historic district, um, and that we de de make sure this five is absolutely clear that any public building is covered and uh, Kristen in her presentation said this wasn't intended to take out public buildings. So, you know, I, it, with those changes, I, I think we could move this forward, but that's just where I'm sitting at the moment. I don't know where other people are. I'm, I'm not, I need, I need to, I'm here with my papers. I am not yet comfortable. I see I see the points here. I want to make sure I'm understanding this number five in 10.54050, adding that word in public is public, public building, public building, commercial, industrial, and public building or similar structure. Okay. Can we just have one more round of this discussion? So a a public building. This this still removes the concept of the capital improvement. So we are saying the roadways, the guardrails will not go through design review. Design review. So, you know, okay. they still would come to us in some fashion, right? But and I and I still want to. I mean, I, I do want to point out the fact that again, when I at the at the very beginning of the uh, of my comments, I pointed out the fact that it, in the end, the city council honestly, if the city council doesn't like what the planning commission approves, they can just pass a new law and throw it out the window, right? So they need our input, but having us along the line on a public project that's not a building where, you know, where we're going to approve something and, and then it needs to be appealed and, and, you know, and then they can just 
say, wow, the planning commission really screwed up. We're just going to start over. We're going to go to the front of the line or go to the back of the line and pass a different law to do this project differently. I mean, you have to keep in mind the city council really does run the city. They're the five people elected. They, they spend all the money. They make all the really tough decisions about where the money goes. And so with respect to public property, I mean, I think they're the ones that should be and it should be a clean, easy, straightforward process. We shouldn't be confusing it with a lot of design stuff and approvals that just that they can essentially overrule anyway. So I mean, I think that's another thing to keep in mind. Can I just make a clarification, Commissioner Saunders? On the next page, let's be clear that the current code does not. Uh, we don't do design review on traffic safety guide rails. That's the one, one of the things that is excluded. We're not, we're not getting into guide rails, uh, even with the current code. Don't worry. So. And may I ask, is there a motion on the floor, Commissioner? There's a motion on the floor that has not been seconded to uh, want to see the, the, these changes incorporated. And I don't know if that, uh, what, I, uh, what I was part of, you, you were asking. Is that? There was a motion to see uh, these changes incorporated before we took any further action. I think that's okay. the, if, if that's a motion, that, I'm, I'm going to second please that. Please get it right. Put our best foot forward, and that—that that is my position. We might not be aligned on that. I understand that, and that might create consternation. But that's—I I, want to get it right. These words do do matter, and I—I I, I don't want to recommend something to another body that we haven't had a final vetting on. That—that's where I am. That's the motion. Well, of course, there needs to be more detail about that, but that's where I am. I'm comfortable with that, and I'm, I'm going to second that. And if I may, just from a procedural standpoint, before we go further, um, what, what you could do now, you have two options. You could carry this motion all the way through the vote, or there can be a substitute motion made. If that substitute motion is seconded, we would take the vote on the substitute motion first and then return to this motion if there's any need to. So just procedurally, you, you have those two options. Uh, and thank you. Uh, so at this point, I think... Uh, we have a motion and a second, so we don't further. I, and I'm going to make a second. Wait, 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 I haven't called on you to advice the Okay, but oh, wait, wait, just, let me just give let me a chance. Let me, <laughs> let me, before we do that, I'd like to have uh, some discussion uh, on this motion. So uh, before we talk about substantive motions. So Mike, uh, I think the changes that we're suggesting are clear. I want to make sure from Director Phipps that they're crystal clear that you know what edits we're looking for. If there's any confusion, I want to that will go into where we go from here. So, yeah, are you uh, the concern? The maker, the the motion that's on the floor talks about wanting to see this, but I, I don't think these are that extensive. So, are you absolutely clear? And if we were to uh, had to uh, know what they were, you could read them back because I know. Uh, Sergio, the last time, wants you to read back the changes. Do you think they're, they're absolutely clear on that? And do you recommend that we restate the motion? We could. Um, I've been taking notes as well. And I, what I, I guess I would say is um, it, it may not make much sense. I think there will be overlap between a motion to, you know, not make a decision on this item tonight to see changes X, Y, and Z and a motion to approve uh, with changes X, Y, and Z to move on to the city council, if that makes sense. So what I would suggest at this time is maybe we just recap the changes to the substance and then proceed with the motion since they'll both have that 
overlapping area. Wonderful. Okay, thank you, Anne. And let me know if you need my assistance on that. Um, if you'd like to restate the, the changes as you understand them. That's what's on the floor at the moment. So I, I, I was just asking the reason for continuing it is that these changes are, are, don't appear to be clear, or maybe they're, they're conflicting with other parts of the code. So that's a different part of it. But I, I think that the changes are clear. Whether it conflicts with another part of the code is a different issue. And that is part of the emotion, I realize that. So, uh, but I just wanted to make sure for Director Phipps, before we have any other emotions or whatever, that you don't think that the, the, the changes that have been put on here are so complicated that we, somehow they would get messed up between here and getting to the city council? No. Okay. All right. So with that, uh, I apologize. Vice no, President. no. I wanted to get that up. No apology necessary. Okay. Um, so I'll make a motion, and I would move to um, make the following changes to the ordinance before us to make recommendations to the city council to change. Um, all right, here we're going to have to get the numbers right here. So, um, 1054.030B, no, sorry, 040B as in boy, number 13, with the, where the addition of privately owned would be removed. So, that would be number change number one. The motion would then move to. Are so crazy. Um, 10.54.050 design review permits, subsection B5, that says any commercial, industrial, or similar structure proposed, we would say we would at request the addition any commercial, industrial, and public building or similar, any commercial, industrial, or public building or similar structure proposed for construction. That would be change number two that we would recommend as part of my motion. And then the final change would be the one that Chair Luxembourg raised, which was in section 10.54.060 submittal requirements. The the change I've got it here actually the change that was made well, actually no I'm gonna have I'm gonna have Professor uh, Professor <laughs> Chair Luxembourg read into the record his addition which would be number three that would um, that would change that would bring the 10.5, that would eliminate 10.54.070 and replace it with the following language. Uh, so uh, we would uh, add to 10.54060 an item M. Uh, it would say the following M additional submittals A models, B photo montages, C computer generated imaging, and D reports by expert. Uh, uh, expert consultants to address potential issues of concern such as noise, odor, glare, sunlight, drainage, and traffic. And then the statement that's there now that says the community development director may waive specific submittal requirements where applicable, it would explicitly say the community development director may waive specific submittal requirements where not applicable, including but not be limited to A, models, B, photomontages, C, computer-generated imaging, and D, reports by expert consultants to address potential issues of concern, such as noise, odor, glare, sunlight, drainage, and traffic. And then uh, we would still allow 105470 to be deleted. And that's, that's, and that's the motion, and that's the third part of the motion. Um, and with that, I would uh, make the motion. 
Is there a second to that motion? Uh, with respect. Okay. Second. So uh, we have a motion and we have an alternative motion and uh, and we uh, walk you through the process. Do we consider the alternative motion first and then what do we do with the original motion? Yeah. Yes, so you consider the alternative motion first. If that is successful, i.e. gets a simple majority vote, then you don't need to return to the original motion because they are opposed to each other. Okay, thank you. All right, so we have an alternative motion on the floor and further conversation. I just want to say one thing. I, I respect, we'll see how the vote goes, but I, this is our first draft. I'm not saying it's rocket science, but there are some questions and it would be really nice to sit with a cleaned up version with these changes, give us a chance to look at other parts of the code and come back at a future meeting, the next meeting, more comfortable. I don't think I don't think we're trying to hold this up, but I also I also am not understanding this urgency either. It, it's I, the intent is to make these changes and push this through. And I think if if two of us are are looking for one more draft with with no conversation ahead of time, the only time I heard of some of these comments were off the cuff marks from city council. So this is really the first time we're having a we're seeing this, we're talking about it. I didn't know this was coming. That, that's all that's all I think our our point may be um, it would just be it would be nice to sit with it and think about it and and have a solid footing um, for for next time that that's my only point but the motions on the floor so however you want to move forward there I'm happy to respond to that um, I, and I you know I uh, apologies if I, I I'm not trying to ram anything through I'm tr I'm, I'm actually trying to at this point, understand the need for more time. And I'm, you know, this, how long have we had to read this? A week, right? This has been out for a week. No. <laughs> no. no. It's not been out a week. No. Three days. Three days. I think we got the email Friday morning. Okay. So, so uh, Thursday, so six days. Okay. 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 Six. Okay. But, um, and I, uh, okay. So, but, uh, I mean, we we spent a lot of time here tonight, and I, I, I would, I guess I would, uh, with respect to my fellow commissioners, you know, continue to talk about this. If there's, if it's, if we're continuing just to take what we just said and put it in here and come back on the tenth, uh, if that's what you guys need, I, there could be more changes. You know, with with now with these. Can, can we? Could I suggest we take a vote? Sure. Um, before we do this, I, I want to understand the earlier motion. You're suggesting moving this to a uh, a special meeting or a regular meeting. I, I'm just continuing it to a, to a, a date uncertain. What you know, whatever it takes, whenever it comes back. Um, I, I don't think we have to define a, a, a date. We obviously don't have any more dates this month. We don't month. have any more dates. Is my issue. Yeah. Well, okay. uh, this we have a special meeting. Other than that, we don't okay. have any dates. Anyway. Um, I, I I would just want to get this right. I mean, it's 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 a it's based on being conscientious about and and words really do matter. Um, we have a lot of ordinances that you know, um, you know, are a little bit nonsensical or out of date. So look, I I've made my motion clear and I and why we don't have to agree on it, but it's it's for the right intention. 
Okay, you want to move the question? We'll go take a vote. You're taking a vote. Take a vote. We'll move. We'll, we'll move. Can I? I'm, I'm sorry. Can I just clarify? Clarify. So, you, are you proposing to continue it to a date uncertain? You don't even know. You, we don't even know when this would come back, even though we've got a 45-day clock to actually. Uh, I, I'm not aware of a 45-day clock. We, the city council just told us we are under the gun. The, the city make, council didn't tell us anything. No, I'm sorry. The city, the city attorney, attorney the mentioned city. that the city council can do that. Well, uh, based on an agenda that hasn't even been published, we have a meeting that is scheduled for next year, and it could always come back then. I, I know. So, are, are you going to continue? I just want to clarify the question you're asking. I, I think what uh, I, I think what Ann said, and Ann can correct me if I'm wrong, Ann, it's going to be 45 days from a direction from the city council. We do not yet have that direction, so it's not, the clock isn't ticking at the moment. Is that correct? No. We can anticipate that at the meeting on the 19th, they will likely make that direction, which will trigger the 45 day clock. Of course, you know, not certain, but yes, council would have to take action to essentially remand it to the planning commission, which would start the clock running. I'm, I'm assuming this 45 is days from next week. I just wanted to clarify. Okay. Fair, fair point. Yeah, I, fair, fair point. The city council wants something that's, you know, you know, vetted to the comfort level of, of the commission. Now that's going to be a different level for each person. Okay. And I respect that. And I understand you and I might not agree, but but the intent the intention is there for this for the right reason. But I'm okay. So what du what direction are you giving the staff for the time that's going to be spent between now and whatever meeting we have on this next? So the direction would be to take this the same comments that we've just d talked about here that were already read into the record. The three. Okay. I, I want to see if there's any potential conflict intended or otherwise with any of those other parts of our ordinance here. I particularly want to look at uh, some of the references in the development agreements because I remember very clearly it was before many of you were on the commission uh, approving that because that went back and forth a little bit too because I foresee a lot of that coming up. So I don't have the answers to that and I don't want to inadvertently create a bigger problem with another part of our code. This is this is simple due diligence. Oh, fair point. Okay. All right. Well, so let's let's take a vote. I, I actually withdraw my motion. I withdraw. I withdraw the second motion. I'm not going to. We're not going to go forward with that. I would. I'm. But I'm not going to. Because I don't. Okay. All right then. Well, let's, let, let, uh, let's just take a vote let, on it let, and then move. Here, on. Let him finish. Let him finish. Okay. Fair point. Let's take a vote on the the one my motion. Then we'll take a vote on my motion. Which motion are we? Second. The motion is to the one you uh, have approved the, the one that I yeah, the, the second motion. Yeah, the one the second motion, which is to send this on with a recommendation of the city council with the three changes as identified by uh, co uh, Commissioner J Vice Chair Junius, mm -hmm. and I will I will also uh, add to this that I'm assuming it's going to go to the city council with the language included fully identified. It's not just a list of changes. We're going to send them a, a clean copy with those changes. That's the way we always do it. Okay. So a clean copy with those changes included. Uh, and that's, uh, the, that's the motion. Uh, and we're going to take that motion. And okay, whether, let's take a vote and on that. And after that, we'll figure out whether the other motion is valid. Commissioner Graff, you're clear what mo we're we're on this motion with these changes. Yeah, I I will say that that I'm 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 let, favoring just, the first motion, just, but let's, let's go for it. Let's just take the vote, please. Yeah. Okay. Thank you, commissioners. Thank you, chair. I'll call roll. Commissioner Saad. No. Commissioner Graff. No. Commissioner Feller. No. Vice Chair Junius. Yes. 
Chair Luxembourg. Yes. All right. Motion does not pass. So now we have to deal with the original. Further conversation on the original. Please, further conversation. I'm, I'm yes. at this point. We, we need it. We need a date, and I think it's the tenth. I, I just want to make. Is it clear um, from the city attorney that that first motion can be amended to continue it to the January tenth special meeting that we've already set? Is there no question about that? I, I would ask if the original maker of the motion is amenable to that. I would ask staff if they if that gives them enough time. I'm amenable if you have enough time. Uh, I, I believe uh, it's the holidays, so I don't want to impose. Uh, I believe staff will make time. Can I ask the uh, city attorney, uh, is there any reason that in the state law or whatever that this has to be at a regular meeting, not a special meeting? No, not for planning commission purposes. You can you can take this up at, at any. Uh, further question, comments. So the motion on the floor, if I understand it, is to continue this to uh, January 10th, uh, that the staff will incorporate the three changes that we had and, uh, and, uh, and, and, and send that out to us in advance of that meeting. And you want them to also to check. To perform to some due diligence. Due diligence, due diligence for any inconsistencies between these changes and other parts of the current code. Yes. Okay, so that's the motion. And there's a second on that motion. Director Phipps, uh, call the roll. Thank you, Chair. Commissioner Saad. Yes. Commissioner Graff. Yes. Commissioner Feller. Yes. Vice Chair Junius. Yes. Chair Luxembourg. Yes. Motion passes unanimously. Uh, next item is adjournment. Happy holidays. <laughs> thank you, commissioners. Happy holidays. I, I'd also like to give a special thank you to Anne for being here this evening, and uh, we look forward to working and collaborating with her. My pleasure. Thank you for having me. Thank you very much. You've been very helpful this evening. Absolutely. Thank you all.